welcome to IC Star Wars, a podcast about vintage Star Wars action figures. I am your host, Michael Havens, creator of the Imperial Commissary. Come with me, I will be your guide as we journey through the incredible universe of vintage Star Wars collectibles. Welcome back to IC Star Wars, a podcast for collectors, by collectors. This is going to be episode 6, featuring our special guest star, Ross Barr. I'm sure you guys know him from the 12 backboards, but uh, the reason why I wanted to have him on this week, besides his awesome Han Solo collection, and to talk to him about some hunting and collecting tips, is because... He has started a new business venture called CAS. It's Collectors Archive Services. I'm sure you guys know about them. They are a grading company. And a few weeks ago, I reached out to both Collectors Archive Services and AFA. And uh, CAS was the first one to respond and say they would come on. Uh, the offer is still open to AFA. They said they're still working on their schedule. So hopefully we'll have them on in the next few weeks here. Uh, we did have a little bit of a hiatus in between our last show and this show. That's because I'm pretty much here doing it alone, folks. But that's okay. Um, I'll keep doing it. I'll keep bringing you guys content because that's what I love to do. I figure it'll grow the community. It'll make it a nice podcast for everybody to listen to. And hopefully I'll keep bringing on great guest stars that are going to have way better information on just about everything I don't know. Like anything not vintage Boba Fett. <laughs> but there was a good reason for our hiatus there. Um, we had the IC meetup in Cincinnati. It was a phenomenally good time. The room sales were a lot of fun, too. We went down to the other hotel. And then the toy show the next day was great as well. I met a ton of great collectors, a ton of IC members. We talked, we traded, we bought, sold, we blabbed about Star Wars toys and I wouldn't want it any other way. It was a fantastic time. I am very, very excited for the next one and I can't wait to see you guys at the next one. I hope you come out. Everybody had a really nice time and it was great seeing fellow IC members and meeting everybody in real life, which is one of the biggest pleasures of doing this thing we do, which is collecting vintage Star Wars toys, is being able to interact with that community and hang out with a bunch of friends you didn't have yesterday. I didn't get my rocket firing Boba Fett up at Cincinnati, but that's okay. Um, also, the auction I've been watching that everybody knows about has been pushed off again, uh, again, again. They just keep pushing it off. Um, I think the reason why is because they want to market it uh, absolutely every single second of every single day for the next 12 to 15 years in order to make sure they squeeze every last drop out of every single item that they auction off. To tell you the truth, I'm getting tired of the auction house pushing off the thing I want, and uh, I'm going to look for every other option I have on the planet before I decide to go with them now, because I am i can't believe that they actually run a business like that. But I'll leave their name out of it. It doesn't really matter. Everybody knows what I'm talking about. If you've been waiting for anything that's coming up in that auction, like uh, one of my buddies that listens, he's waiting on the Boba Fett proof card, which should be auctioned off sometime uh, after the Boba Fett movie that hasn't been announced yet releases. 
<laughs> Moving on. Uh, next up is going to be the Kane County Toy Show. So since I'm left with my pockets full of cash, uh, I'm going to roll up to the Kane County Toy Show. It's up in Chicago, Illinois. It comes up on October 21st, which happens to be my birthday. <laughs> but uh, we're all going to meet up on October 21st at the Tap House Grill in St. Charles. I hope to see you guys out there. If you happen to be anywhere near the Chicago area and you love Star Wars, please come. It'll be a good time, and we'll all talk about all the cool things we found at the show. We'll have some burgers and a couple beers, and thank you very much to Dave O'Brien, one of our IC members who found us that spot. Uh, it'll be a good time, so please come out. It'll be 5 p.m. on Saturday, October 21st at the uh, Tap House Grill, 3341 West Main Street, St. Charles, Illinois. I hope to see you there. I also want to give a shout out to a couple of different uh, IC members that have reached out to me that also do some pretty cool stuff in the community. They make their own uh, their own media, their own content, and I just wanted to give them a shout out so you guys could check them out. The first is Toy Box Daily. It's a podcast um, every single day. It has a bunch of Star Wars in there, and uh, it's really nice because you can just tune in. It's really, really quick. It's not like this podcast that'll take two hours of your life away. <laughs> but uh, it, it's a quick podcast and gets you your daily fix of Star Wars stuff. That's Toy Box Daily at www.talkstarwars.co.uk forward slash TSW Toy Box Daily. And uh, also, I want to give a shout out to Alex and Nick over at Geek Men on YouTube. If you search Geek Men on YouTube, uh, it'll pop up. Uh, I'll link these both underneath this current episode of IC Star Wars on www.imperialcommissary.com forward slash ICSW. So you guys can check out the links there. I highly suggest it. It's always fun to look on on other content. Uh, for the geek men there, they just pretty much sit around a bar in the basement and talk about Star Wars stuff. And for Mark over there at Toy Box Daily, he just gives you a tiny little 10, 15 minute podcast about Star Wars that you can listen on your way to work every day and help beat that monotony of everyday life when you can't get out there and hunt. <laughs> well, that's it for stuff that I wanted to talk about. Now let's go to the Ask Mike section of IC Star Wars, where I put up a post on the Imperial Commissary, and I ask you guys, the members, what exactly you want to know. Um, and I don't read them beforehand, I go right into it very cold, and I open it up, and I read them, and I answer to the best of my ability. So let's go right into the Ask Mike section. I have Facebook over here on my other monitor, and I have the IC pulled up. I have the thread pulled up. And the very first question is from Joe North. Joe was up there at our Cincinnati meetup. It was great meeting you again, Joe. I met you last year, too. Um, he asks, where did you get your first Boba Fett? Uh, my first Boba Fett, I did not get it until I'd say, hmm, I had to be 15, 16 years old. Um, I never had one when I was little. My brother never had one in his collection, so I didn't get it. I didn't inherit it and get it for free. Uh, but I got it when I was about 16 and I started collecting. I only had one. Um, you couldn't find them everywhere. I never had them as a kid, and I think that has a lot to do with the reason why I have as many as I can get my hands on nowadays is because... Uh, when I was little, I mean, my ADAT driver was my TIE fighter pilot, it was my Boba Fett, it was my X-Wing pilot, it was everything. I didn't have all the figures. I had a Darth Vader, I had a couple Hoth Troopers, I had a couple Hoth playsets. Uh, my brother had a Falcon, which I inherited, that is still hanging from my ceiling in my collection room. Um, but yeah, no Boba Fett. Not until I get older and 
I was able to pick the things I wanted instead of getting the things that were wrapped in packages. <laughs> Next question from Stacy and Eric Schmidt. How many rocket-firing Boba Fett prototypes are there? Um, I do not personally have the number. Uh, I have been looking for them, and I have been approached by, it seems to me like quite a few people have them. Um, I have heard numbers all over the place, but what I have found in my research is people figure um some of the people that have had them for there to be about 160 of them out there uh pretty much split half and half between j slot and l slot um so i don't know uh there seems to be enough there is definitely more than one and hopefully i will find one or two or an army of them <laughs> Uh, next up, Preston Hughes. What hobbies or interests do you have outside Star Wars? Um, hobbies outside Star Wars? Nothing. No, just kidding. I have. Uh, I like the Yankees. I like the New York Jets. Um, so I like football, baseball. Um, I'll watch the World Cup. I usually root for Italy. Um, I like Italian food. I like the symphony. I like going out to concerts, uh, but not the concerts everybody else would go to. I would see Sinatra over... I don't know, Taylor Swift, if I could, if he was still around. Um, I'm more the kind of like, I just saw John Williams. I just went to the Beethoven at the symphony. I mean, those kind of things. I also collect uh, some fine art. Um, I like South American and African art. I actually have a couple art galleries on the side. Um, my real life job, I have a trucking company. I'm all over the place. I love to do things. I love to keep busy. And uh, as you can see from the 17 Facebook pages about Star Wars uh, and the podcast and the meetups and the stickers and the t-shirts and the hats and the everything else that I do um, to build and grow in the community, it, uh, it all feeds off the same thing, which is Mike can't be bored. <laughs> and my wife knows it best. If I'm sitting around bored, all I do is complain and nothing gets done and I get very, very, very antsy. So I try to keep busy. But um, I don't know. If you want to check out my trucking company, it's interstar.com, www.interstar.com. And uh, my art gallery, uh, www.icgalleries.com. Dot com. That's I-C-G-A-L-L-E-R-I-E-S, I believe, dot com. <laughs> but uh, IC Galleries has nothing to do with the Imperial Commissary. It actually stands for International Contemporary Galleries. I also love a good steak. I'm a fan of Cuban cigars and uh, traveling. I like to travel. I also like to play cards. Um, I like to play poker. I haven't really been playing very much. Uh, in the past few years, it's just my focus has switched to Boba Fett instead of Las Vegas. I guess I'm getting old. <laughs> On to the next question. I have Darren Thomas. Darren Thomas is actually a really nice guy. He uh, runs a group out there in California. He's actually doing a meetup, I believe, this weekend, uh, where they're going to actually collect toys for my brother's charity. Uh, they're going to collect some new modern figures, uh, just loose uh, in good condition, not broken or anything, and they're going to send them over to me, and then I'll get them to Robert, who's going to stuff them in the little corners of his actual personal bag for when he goes to Africa the next time here uh, for the little kids. So that's always good, and thank you very much, Darren, for doing that. It's uh, very kind of you. Um, let's go into your question. Uh, I guess this will be asked multiple times. Toy Tony sales with disclosure. Thumbs up or thumbs down? <laughs> That's a long question, but you know what? I'll go into it. I have no shame. <laughs> uh, 
The thing that brings up this question, if you guys don't know, uh, a few days ago on one of the Facebook boards that's pretty popular and was well respected, uh, they decided to start allowing Toy Tony sales. They keep saying, oh, well, that way we can bring information about Toy Tony into the groups and people can learn about them and then they can know what to look for uh, by us buying and selling them. <laughs> So I think that's completely ridiculous. Uh, there's wonderful, wonderful places like the Imperial Gunnery that do a lot of work and teach us all about what's repro, what's not repro, what's real, what's fake. And they do it all without selling any reproduction items. So I think it's doable. Um, I think anybody that just wants to cop out because they happen to have a pile of stuff that they got ripped off on back in the day, um, that they want to recoup some of their funds. You know what? I've been ripped off before. I've had fakes before sold to me. And you know what happens? You eat your, what is it? You eat your broccoli, you eat your vegetables, and you sit there and you move on to the next one. You don't keep it forever just in case one day maybe you could rip somebody off in the future. Now, these are my personal opinions. You can obviously tell by the tone of my voice and the way I'm acting currently that I don't like Toy Tony. The reason why I don't like Toy... Let's first... What is Toy Tony? Toy Tony was this guy, uh, I don't even know his name, Anthony something. Anyway, what he did is way back in the day, he went to a person who purchased all the overstock card backs, so all the unused card backs and bubbles and stuff like that from the Palatoy factory in Colville in England. What happened is this fellow, Toy Tony, grabbed all these card backs and these card bubbles and he started to purchase figures off of eBay, put them inside sometimes the incorrect bubble, sometimes the correct bubble, um, and then put them on a card, re-glue them, seal them with an iron, and then they would look to collectors to be 100% authentic. Because technically, the back, the card back is authentic, the bubble is authentic, even though sometimes they don't go with the certain card backs they're on, and then the figure he would just grab off eBay, so every once in a while they do have repro weapons in there, and sometimes the figures are beat up, they're definitely not uncirculated. And uh, then he would slap those together and he would sell them into the market. He did this with tons. I mean, there's something like 900 Boba Fetts. Uh, Jason Smith, he runs the big uh, vintage Star Wars board. He's actually one of the uh, the main guys that knows about Toy Tony because he's really delved into it. Uh, I know that there was a thing on, uh, it was called Fake Britain on YouTube, where he was able to... Uh, go on to the BBC channel, I believe, and they did a little special on it, and it was because he ended up getting a whole bunch of Toy Tony when he was collecting, quote-unquote, AFA-90. Uh, AFA-90 is a grade. AFA-90 examples of Palatoy card backs, um, of Palatoy carded figures. What happened is he got stuck with a whole bunch of AFA-90s, which I'm sure if you've ever bought an AFA-90, you know is not cheap in any way. And... Uh, so he got stuck with a whole bunch of those, and he started making the guides and stuff like that. So if you reach out to Jason Smith, really nice guy, he'll help you with anything you might think is Toy Tony or any Toy Tony information. Um, but my problem is, is with this group that decided to allow the selling of it on their auction page and on their regular page. The reason why the issue I have with selling it, and some people do sell it, and... Uh, I can't say it any better than this. All that's going to happen if you sell a carded figure that AFA screwed up back in the day and they slapped a bunch of labels on Toy Tony produced figures, um, by accident, 
but that has not been corrected in any way. I mean, go on eBay right now, look up an AFA 90 Boba Fett. I guarantee you it's going to be Toy Tony at least 9 out of 10 times, uh, as long as it's a pallet toy one. All those ones where it has, like, the the PBP, the, the lighter gray color Boba Fett on the pallet toy card, um, there's very few that are real, and there's about a billion that are fake. Uh, not really a billion. I think the numbers are somewhere in the 900s. Jason has a great page. Uh, I'll also link that in the IC Star Wars page links right below this podcast so you guys can see all that good information. But what happened is after a while, folks decided that, hey, I spent a whole bunch of money on these things, so I guess I need to recruit my funds a bit. So what I'll do is I'll sell them. <laughs> And that's what they're doing with this new group. And to me, personally, my personal opinion is you're selling reproductions. You're selling fakes. You're putting them back in the market. These things are in AFA cases. So what's going to happen is either the next person that buys them off of your Facebook page. And what we're supposed to do with these Facebook pages is build the community and keep a tight community. And I'm sorry if you got a couple of friends that have a bunch of fakes because they got ripped off a bunch of years ago. And you go and let them sell those on your page. That's abysmal. There is absolutely no reason you can't give information the same way I said before, the same way the Imperial Gunnery does, the same way we do over at the IC, which is give the people the best information you can, but do not sell fakes or reproductions or whatever you have to classify these silly things as to make it okay with you. It's ridiculous because what's going to happen, and I don't care who thinks differently because anyone can have their own opinion. My personal opinion and what is fact from what I have seen in this thing we do, which is vintage Star Wars, is eventually somebody is going to buy that. They're going to go put it on eBay for a dollar and some poor person that doesn't know any better is going to get ripped off again. The only way to fix this is if you guys start writing Toy Tony on stuff or you start really verifying it or they start slapping a label on it or something. Something to make these reproductions, because I don't care what you say. If you, The only thing that is production is an item produced at the factory. That's a production item. If it's a reproduction item, it's reproduced outside of the factory. These are just basic words. These are found in the Webster's Dictionary. Feel free to look them up. Whatever you got to tell yourself to make yourself feel like it's okay to sell these things, I'm on the complete other side of. I'm sorry. Uh, So to answer your question, Darren Thomas, even though it took me 10,000 words and I got a little frustrated because I'm a passionate person about this. The reason why I'm a passionate person about this is because I've been ripped off before and I don't like it. And if I could do one thing out of everything I do with the 17 Facebook groups and the podcasts and the meetups and every single thing I take out of my pocket to give to this community for free, if I could do one thing, it would be to kill every single scam and fake there is. And the reason why is because it just hurts people. And when people get hurt, they get a bad taste in their mouth for the hobby. And there's no reason for that because this is one of the most beautiful communities I have ever been the privilege to be part of. So I have a problem with it personally, since I kind of run the IC, even though my admins are wonderful, and even though we're all on the same boat anyway, because everybody thinks it's ridiculous, at least in the IC, um, everybody thinks it's ridiculous that they're selling these things. Uh, So since we're all on the same page, no, never ever at the IC will Toy Tony sales be allowed. I actually removed one of the biggest sellers in America from the Imperial Commissary for trying to push a Toy Tony on one of my members that I found out about 
through the back end because they were trying to be shady and that's unacceptable and i have no quarter whatsoever for nonsense like that on the imperial commissary so no brother never ever will i allow toy tony sales on the imperial commissary but thanks for asking because at least i got to vent a little and i felt like i Okay, I'm going to be 110,000% honest right now. I feel like I'm sitting here taking crazy pills. I can't even believe this is a thing. So, no, never, ever, ever, never, ever, ever, never, ever, ever. Up next is uh, Keith Kurtz. How often do you send free stickers out to folks so we can spread the IC throughout the world? Keith, constantly, brother. Um, every single thing I sell, I send out IC stickers. I sell a hat, I send out an IC sticker. Um, somebody wins a contest, I send out IC stickers. Somebody wins a contest for IC stickers, I send out IC stickers. If you ever meet me at any meetup, you meet me in public, you meet me anywhere, I'll give you ones for free. Um, I think I've sold maybe 0.000001% of the IC stickers that are out there. Um, the rest I give away for free. You just got to meet me in person. Um, I don't really like saying, hey, just send me your address and I'll send you a sticker because they do cost me money. They're really nice stickers. They're like high quality vinyl. Um, they'd be the ones that you find for $10 at a Comic-Con. And uh, I'm just selling them for my cost. Uh, I think it's 20 cents over my cost, and uh, it's three bucks a piece. So if you want them, you can buy them for three bucks a piece, or you can play a contest, or you can buy something tiny, or you can come to any meetup, or you can just track me down when I'm at a flea market one day, and I'll give you one. No biggie. So uh, that's how you get free IC stickers. Um, but seriously, for three bucks, man, they're they're so cheap anyway, um, and they're really high quality stickers. You could slap them right on a painted wall inside your house and peel them off, and they're not going to damage anything. Um, but they'll also stick to your car for five summers. So they're good stickers. Definitely worth the three bucks, and definitely worth playing the contest when you could win them for free. Um, Dwayne Smith, what are your thoughts on resealed men on cards? Reseals. Hmm. Okay. Well, reseals are a different thing. If we're going to talk about Toy Tony reseals, those are ones that are intended to be so unbelievably close that there's no way to tell the difference. Um, if you're just talking about like something ultra rare, like say a Lily Letty Boba Fett, where you happen to have the bubble and you happen to have the card back and you happen to have a Lily Letty Boba Fett and you put a little bit of glue on it to make it a display piece. I guess that's fine. Um, there's other options out there. Uh, I know CAS is doing a new thing where they like they, they grade the figure and the card back and the weapon and everything. It looks nice. You can check it out on their website. Um, or else what you could do, I think Ian Sanderson even has a thing um, for GW Acrylics where he... Uh, I, get, I, I don't get paid for any of these advertisements. I just want you guys to know um, nothing ever comes from them. I just recommend things that I personally use. Uh, so if you want to use them, great. If you don't want to use them, that's fine too. But uh, Ian Sanderson, uh, he has this case that allows you to put a card back in it and I think a loose figure and maybe a coin or just maybe the loose figure. But that's another great way to display that doesn't require you sticking a bubble to it. They're not personally my favorite, um, but some things are so very rare and if you have the bubble you don't want to throw that away and if you have the card you don't want to throw that away so yeah if you want to reseal it that's fine um these things where people are like oh painstakingly resealed you can't reseal something perfectly people say oh well you can make it really close but when it's in hand and you look at it 
99.99 times out of 100, you could tell it's a reseal. Except for these toy Tony things, which are, they're a whole different animal. I mean, the guy went into it scamming, and he had card backs that weren't even ripped. I mean, I got a Lily Letty Boba Fett card back. If I wanted to go put a bubble on that and put a Lily Letty Boba Fett on it, I feel personally that would be fine. It's not something I would personally do, but I feel personally that would be fine. The reason why is because anyone looking at that card can tell that a bubble was ripped off it at one point. I mean, it's blatantly obvious. Um, so if you can tell, yeah. If you can tell from three feet away, doesn't matter. It might be looking really, really good, but uh, if you can tell from up close, then yeah, why not? If you want to do a reseal, feel free, um, especially on really rare stuff because it's difficult. But personally... I highly suggest this. I've told a bunch of people before. Always carry a little LED light, uh, a UV LED light or a black light. They sell them on Amazon for five bucks. And uh, you can go right up to a reseal. And if you go around that bubble, uh, you'll pick up a bit of a glow to it showing that aftermarket glue. So always learn and always learn as much as you can. Um, but yeah, personally, I don't really care about a reseal. If you even wanted to sell it on the IC, feel free as long as it's disclosed. If it is a Toy Tony where it's a guy that literally used new stuff in order to scam people, rip it open, stick it back together, then you can obviously tell it's a reseal. Feel free to sell it. It's not a Toy Tony anymore. It's a reseal. Um, so, no worries there. Next one, uh, next up is Clifton Bugs. All right. Can we talk about translucent green weapons compared to translucent blue weapons? Which came first and what's the rarity? Oh, that's a tough question because for different weapons, it's different. Um, I know that some Chewbacca's in the early bird set came with the translucent bullcaster. Some did not. Uh, some Leia's came with that blue... Uh, some Leia Organis came with the Blue Blaster, the one we call Blue Blaster, which is the translucent one. But that didn't really happen to the ESB line. To tell you the truth, I think with a lot of a lot of the paint apps and a lot of the colors of blasters and plastics and the little tiny changes, they come from manufacturing errors. Um, not like tiny little oopses, like they're... All right, think of it this way. You go to Home Depot, you buy a bucket of red paint. You take that red paint, you dip a paintbrush in it, and you go to a white wall. And you start on one side of that white wall, and you drag that paintbrush all the way down to the other side of the white wall. What's going to happen to that line of red from the left side to the right side? It's going to get progressively lighter as the paint, as there's less paint, as the paint mixes with that white on the wall to make it lighter and lighter until it turns almost into a pink. The same thing's going to happen with weapons, with blasters. Maybe they didn't put enough dye in the mix for the plastic, stuff like that. So you tend to get sections where that's the color of the blaster. Like when the, the ESB Leia Organa came out with that blue blaster. I mean, there's a whole hunk of blue blasters in the ESB Leia era. I mean, even when they came out with Bespin Leia and stuff like that, you get those translucent, the green-blue. And the reason why is because that's the color they were mixing the plastic at the time. You have to remember that back in the 70s and 80s, these things were being manufactured in Hong Kong where, shoot, people were jumping out of the iPhone factory because working conditions were so bad a year ago. You know what I mean? So imagine what the what the what the place was like when Kenner was producing things in Hong Kong and Taiwan back in the early 80s and the 70s, the late 70s. So 
I don't really think anybody planned as hard as we look at things. I don't think everybody anybody ever expected that to happen. But uh, as far as is it a variant, of course. I, I think the longer I've been doing this, the more and more I see that once you collect a focus of something, many things become a variant. I mean, I'll take a, a faded Boba Fett that looks different than a Boba Fett I have just because he's faded. I have one right here in front of me. It is not a potch. It is not anything special. It's a regular Hong Kong Boba Fett. And I can say it is a yoga leg Boba Fett, which I don't think is a real variation, but people say it is. That's the one with the really bendy limbs. But that's just because they used a different plastic mix on his arms. Um, but he's got really light legs and light arms, and I just like the color of him. And he also has that Taiwan paint app on his face mask. I mean, things changed, and I don't feel that the rules were that tight. I mean, it always comes back to the one thing, the, the, Black, or the Black Luke Blaster. Black Luke Stormtrooper Blaster. Oh, so rare. Black Luke Stormtrooper Blaster. Well, Luke Stormtrooper came out on Tri-Logo cards in the thousands, the many thousands, with Blue Blasters. Um, he came out on some of the American cards. I, I know for a fact, I had one that fell off. It's literally hanging right here. It says Luke Stormtrooper on it, and it is not the Black Blaster. People don't believe me. I've talked to Steve Sansweet on the other podcast about it. He agreed with what I was saying, that they didn't really look that hard way back in the day yes is the black blaster on most of the power force luke's absolutely is it a variant sure it's a completely different sculpt it's a different blaster it comes with kazizman um so yeah absolutely it's a variant is it a rare variant sure it's difficult to find i mean i have hundreds and hundreds of hundreds of imperial blasters because i collect so many boba fett's and uh i've got maybe seven eight luke stormtrooper ones i mean it's it's not common they're hard to get um but see even i call them luke stormtrooper ones but it's that straight black blaster it's just a different mix of the paint it's a different it's a different variation on the blaster which is a variant and it is a real thing and it commands a certain price but is it required to make your luke skywalker in stormtrooper disguise complete no Absolutely not. Is it something that the community has accepted as something that needs to make your Luke Stormtrooper complete? Yes. But I'll tell you what, you grab a Blue Blaster and you take a Luke Stormtrooper, you send it off to a grading company, they're going to grade it. And the reason why is because on Tri-Logo cards, he did come with different color blasters. So that kind of thing, it's become almost a myth and a legend that many people stick to. Now, this is the question I get asked a lot. Does your Luke Stormtrooper, Mike, does your Luke Stormtrooper have a black blaster? I have one Luke Stormtrooper with a black blaster, and I have one Luke Stormtrooper with a regular blaster. Um, it's it's a variation, so of course I have both. The reason why is because it's nice to know that, hey, you know, this black blaster only came with this, and Kenny Izvan, and it's great for this kind of story, and it's great to show people, and it's also incredible for reference. So yeah, I have both, but does it... Does it require to make... No, it can be any real Stormtrooper blaster can go fine with a Luke Stormtrooper. Um, but that's not really what really we were completely on. We were talking about the translucent weapons, and I have seen those all throughout the line. I really believe it's a, it's a mix on the uh, plastic. Uh, it's how much dye they use. And once again, it goes back to that can of paint. If you take a can of paint and you do that stripe, you're going to see the difference in color. I see it a ton with Boba Fett, because here's the thing with Boba Fett. Boba Fett has very many paints on him. 
He has the orange and the green and the brown or the black and the red and many different parts of him are painted. So you can see the changes in even the yellows or the belts or, and I mean, it happens. Are they variants? Anything that is a variety is a variant. Why not? Why not? Do I think they command a massive higher price? I don't think they should, but sometimes they do. But the market determines the price. So if there's only a handful of Luke Stormtrooper black blast black black blasters out there, it's gonna dictate a price. Um, if there's only a handful of translucent green weapons, it's gonna dictate a price. I know the Chewbacca Bowcaster is a few bucks more when it's translucent. Um, I know there's a couple PBP ones like the. Uh, Luke, uh, Luke Bespin Han Solo blaster, that smuggler blaster, that really light blue one where it's, you know, it's hard to get. But I don't believe it was ever intended when they first made these things. I think it just kind of happened throughout the, uh, the run of the production. Next up, uh, Matthew Nepp. Uh, I would like to know the top repro or faked items that you have or feel are the toughest to spot or the most important to know. Um... Hmm. That's a good question. Uh, I think the ones that are the hardest to spot right now are uh, those ones that that guy Martin RV makes that are from uh, Mexico down there that float. And uh, the ones that that guy makes in England that float. Uh, there are ways to tell what they are. There are ways to tell uh, what's wrong with them. You could check out the Imperial Gunnery. It's very, very good. There's a bunch of people on the IC that are great at spotting these things. Will Mallon, Joshua Buell, um, they, they really know what to look for. Uh, James Kennison, uh, he actually is part of the Imperial Gunnery too. Uh, but there's lots of things to look for. I think the floating ones are difficult, but also you can't really trust the floating things because some weapons and accessories do not float. That's not a telltale sign. Um, I definitely think it's harder to tell. Like these new Black Leia blasters, shoot, I found one. I had one in, uh, Andrea's collection had one in it. And uh, it just came through one day. But those have like a square on the back of the butt. But I'm not going to go into all that. Check out Imperial Gunnery. They have tons of great info on this stuff. Um, and you'll be able to know. Uh, also, I don't know. As far as fakes are concerned, I think the most common on the market and the ones in the most supply are those ones where they're made out of the hard plastic and they are repainted. Where you could either bend them and they'll break. Uh, or like the Han and Carbonites, uh, the Carbonite, if you squeeze it, it'll break. Um, those are the fakes. Uh, or else you could even scratch it with your thumbnail and you'll flake off some paint. Um, none of the, none of the weapons, uh, were painted except for, I guess, a man, a man staff, the heads on it, uh, the skulls, but none of the weapons were painted. Uh, so if you scratch the weapon and some paint flakes off, you can be pretty sure it's a repro. I think those are absolutely the most common, uh, and I think everything is faked. If there's anything that has a value, somebody's going to fake it uh, from, uh, I don't know, a car to a watch to a Star Wars toy. Uh, next up, Jacob Dockstutter. Is a 12-pack really enough beer? Um, it depends on how many friends you got, brother. <laughs> Uh, Jay Smith, sorry, I can't think of a question, but I would like to say thank you for all you do to grow and support the hobby. Thanks, brother. I appreciate that, Jay. Um, next week, grab me a question. You got time. Well, it won't be next week because I'm going to take a little bit of time for that Chicago toy show there. And uh, I'm going to take a ride down. I decided to go down to Florida and check out CAS and see what they're doing down there. Uh, next up, Richard Tros 
Trosclair. I'm sorry, I'm just reading these names uh, first time ever, so if I screw up anybody's name, I apologize. Also, I apologize for my raspy voice. It's just uh, I got sick after the Cincinnati trip, so I've been trying to knock that out before I head off to Florida and then to Chicago. Uh, next up, Richard Trosclair. So, who is this Mike Poon person? What's the story? Thanks for all you do for the collecting community. Thanks, Richard. Um, it's actually Mark Poon. Um, Mark Poon... Uh, Mark Poon is just... You know what? He's another Toy Tony. He's another guy... Well, no, Toy Tony... Whatever. Toy Tony we talked about before. I'll leave that alone. Uh, Mark Poon is a guy that makes fakes. He makes repros. Um, for some reason, he made a Kit Bash Boba Fett a few years ago, and everybody was like, oh, that's cool. I'll buy it. Because it's Kit Bash Boba Fett. You can't get a Kit Bash Boba Fett. But you're buying from the guy that's been making repro for like a billion years. Like, if you go on eBay and you look up Rocket Firing Boba Fett... All the ones for $25 are Mark Poon. He also makes fakes of Vlicks, which he uh, so nicely makes sure to emboss with the words repro. Um, so that way you could tell as long as somebody doesn't scrape it off or use acid or something to make it look like a real one. Um, even though those are going to end up back in the market. And what he does, he, he makes fakes. He makes fakes. He profits off the backs of others. He makes fake boxes. He makes fake toys. He makes fake figures. I'm sure he makes fake repro. He is fake, 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 fake. And you will never find a Mark Poon anything in my collection. And if, God forbid, he would want to join the IC, I would not allow him in. And if, God forbid, he does join the IC, I would be f very sure to dispatch him immediately. But, uh, yeah, so sorry, man, but... Uh, <laughs> Mark Poon, I, I don't like Mark Poon because he fakes Boba Fett's. And anybody that fakes Boba Fett's is a scumbag. There you go. How do you like that? Um, so there you go. That's that's my own personal feelings. Uh, you can do what you want with it. But uh, no, I, I have no respect for anybody that fakes anything. It's like those fake boxes that were on that forum website. That's why I don't use that forum website. And it's because they allowed the sale of repro boxes. I mean, are you kidding me? Stop making fakes. If you can't get the real one, wait, hunt harder, work harder, get off your butt, get off the internet, go find a real one. But don't don't do a fake, a fake, ah, fakes. I I have I have no love for fakes at all. I don't like fakes. They end up ripping off people. And people always say, "Oh, you know, well, I know everything that's in my collection that's repro. I know it all." I I and and I go, "Oh yeah, but what if you kick the bucket, brother? Because everybody does, you know? Then who's going to know? It? Well, I I left a list for my wife that she'll know it's all repro. Yeah, well, what if you both go down in a plane crash? God forbid. Then what happens? Well, oh, well, then I don't know. The next of kin's going to just go pop it on eBay and somebody's going to get ripped off. Why have repro in your collection? Why have a fake I mean, you don't see anybody go, oh, I'd really like my first car, and they go out and they buy a piece of cardboard, put it in the driveway, take pictures in front of it, and go, oh, look at my brand new car. Nobody does that, but they do in Star Wars. I don't know why, but nobody, no, no self-respecting actual collector would have any repro in their collection, and I am more than happy to put that on the record, and anybody that thinks otherwise is a faker, and they like fake things, and I do nothing fake. Feel free to add. That's why I do this exact thing here where it's Ask Mike. Because what I do is I go through here, and that's why you could see the stress and the frustration in my voice when I'm answering things. Please always ask me any questions, and believe me, none of this is ever directed to the question asker. Um, it's just my opinions on whatever subject you guys would like to bring up. But yeah, is Repro... Repro... Ugh. 
I don't like repro and I don't like people that create repro and Mark Poon creates repro. So to answer your question, who is Mike Poon? I don't know. Mike Poon's probably a really nice guy, but Mark Poon, I would not push in a lake if he was on fire. Uh, next up, next question. Uh, Adam Marks, as someone relatively new to collecting and currently focused on loose figures, what is the best way to determine the value of a figure? Determining condition and COO variant is one thing, but what is the best way to equate that value to equate that to a value for sale or trade. Adam, um, I think the best way for starting starting out is uh, to go to uh, one of our members made it. It's Jared Cope. He made a app called Star Wars Tracker. Um, it does pull in a ton of information and you do have to learn how to really read it right, but it is by far the easiest way to data mine in this thing we do. You can just click on the little guy that uh, you're looking at, whether it be a Luke Farmboy or a Boba Fett, and it'll tell you all the ones that have sold on any of the auction sites in the past six months, year, whatever you want to look for. So that's definitely the easiest way for quick reference for uh, somebody new. Um, for somebody who's been doing it a while, it comes a second nature, brother. You live in this thing. So uh, eventually you won't need the tracker app as much anymore um but it also you're able to keep track of your collection stuff like that anyway www.starwarstracker.com um once again i get nothing for this it's just another thing that i believe in i actually use myself um there's a ic coupon code it's an exclusive coupon code it's an old code but it still checks out uh it is ic-2016 2016 so uh Definitely sign up for that. You can also check sold auctions on eBay uh, to find current prices. But that Star Wars tracker, to tell you the truth, for somebody starting out, it is by far the easiest way. Um, definitely use it. I think it's only 20 bucks for the whole year once you use that IC coupon code. So it's relatively cheap, and I guarantee you it'll save you way more than 20 bucks inside of the first two transactions you do. Um, next up, Jorge Aguilar. What is your favorite police in your collection and why? Well, that's a... That's a tough question because see, there's there's two different ones. There is the AFA fifty men on card power of the force B wing pilot. Um, he's nothing special, uh, but what makes him special is I had him when I was younger. He was the very first thing I bought to actually collect and never open. Um, and I didn't open him. I didn't open him all the way until about three years ago when I sent him off to AFA and got him graded, and he came back as a 50. Uh, besides that, since my current collecting stuff, the coolest piece in my collection, the, the, the thing that I really don't think I'd ever let go of, I mean, uh, you know what? It would have to be the Kim Simmons photo sample Boba Fett. Um, it's one of the Boba Fett's he used to take the pictures on the Kenner boxes, stuff like that. And, uh, it's, it's really, really cool. I, I love it. Um, it looks like a beat up old Boba Fett, uh, but it's probably one of the most rare things in my collection. And I don't think I'd get rid of it. And I really, really like it because it allowed me to st eventually start a relationship with, uh, Kim Simmons, the man who shot Skywalker. Uh, he's the one who did all the pictures for the boxes and stuff like that. And so there you go. Literally at the IC meetup in Cincinnati, Kim Simmons came to the IC meetup and it's not the first one he's been to. So that's invaluable. I, I think that's insanely awesome that I'm friends with Kim Simmons. <laughs> so that Boba Fett got me in that 
door a little bit, even though I bought it from a third party, but I talked to Kim about it. And then that's what opened up the dialogue, and now Kim Simmons is my friend, which is pretty cool. Uh, next up, Brett Scotchmer. Who is your favorite Aussie and why is it me? <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I, I, you know what? You Australian guys, you, you've always been really nice to me. And uh, as long as you keep sending me crunchy bars, I, uh, I think you're all my favorite Aussie. Um. <laughs> Next up, David Michael. In 2017, what has been the best collecting moment for you? It could be something you picked up or a particular meetup or show. Really anything related to our hobby. Be specific. Okay. <laughs> and also, who is your favorite Ahsoka-loving collector? That should be an easy one. Well, obviously, my favorite Ahsoka-loving collector is David Michael. Uh, he's actually a really nice guy. He was just up there uh, helping me out at the Cincinnati meetup, and uh, it was a lot of fun. I'll tell you, the best collecting moment for me... Mm, huh. That's tough, but I have to be specific. Um, obviously, I always want to say the community and stuff, but I don't know if that's what you're asking because you're saying collecting moment. Um, I would have to say the first 21 back Boba Fett I got. Uh, I bought it from Eric Nederostik, uh, and uh, it was the very first 21 back Boba Fett I ever got. I never thought I'd be able to ever afford one because I didn't start in the dark times. I started much later. Uh, but he's asking in 2017... What did I get in 2017? Oh, the Top Toys. Top Toys I finished in 2000. Well, I sort of finished. I could use an upgrade on my Yoda and on my Luke. But uh, Top Toys meant on cards. They were unbelievably difficult to get. I made some good Argentinian friends that were able to tell me what to look for. I found a couple of them in England. I found one in Newfoundland. I think I found one in Mexico. Found one on eBay. And uh, it was... It was a difficult run, and it definitely took me longer than just 2017, but I completed it in 2017. Uh, next one up, Nick Moogley. What does Mark Hamill's skin feel like? Soft or weathered like a Jedi? Joking. I don't know. I don't know if I ever touched Mark Hamill. I got an autograph from him. Huh. <laughs> Ah, there you go. Jimmy Chang knows. He shook his non-robotic hand, and it felt like butter. Um, so there you go. Luke Skywalker feels like... Mark Hamill's skin feels like butter. I guess. <laughs> See, I don't read any of these beforehand, so we kind of roll with the punches. Uh, Jonathan Pollock. There is... Uh, there, there a version... There... I'm sorry. There is a version of vintage figure produced by Kenner that you always prefer over another. For instance, I always prefer brown steak Yoda with dark green skin and Luke Bespin with brown hair. Um, produced by Kenner. I would say, I'd say the, uh, the Trilogo Fett, the PVP Fett, uh, that lighter blue color, I just think he's awesome looking. Um, but if we're going to stick only with Kenner, Kenner variations, yeah, uh, small head Han Solo, I think looks a billion times better than melon head Han. Um, I don't know what they were thinking there, but yeah, definitely small head Han Solo is what I'm going to go with to answer that one. Dave O'Brien, what is the most obscure piece in your collection? Um, I'd probably say one of the bootlegs, like that uh, Hoth Snowtrooper bootleg, the red one with the no mouth. Um, I haven't seen another one of them. I heard there's another one of them somewhere, but still, two in the world is pretty rare. Um, I got some weird stuff. I have these uh, Boba Fetts that are made out of the paper mache. Um it's in, like, the uh, Mexican art fashion. I have uh, some 
paintings that I see members have done that are phenomenal. Uh, I love the little notes that people send me like, thanks Mike for this, or I listened to this, or I was doing this and thank you for that. And that kind of stuff I keep all in a book. So I'd say that's, that's pretty obscure. Um, that blow mold stormtrooper in the plastic bag, still the, the still sealed one from Mexico, the vintage one. That's really rare. The only one I've ever seen besides it is on, uh, whatchamacall, swca.com. Uh, so I don't know. Most obscure piece? Hmm. I don't know. I wouldn't even know. I guess... No, I don't know. You know what? I think the most obscure pieces would have to be all the cool swag I got from Celebration. I'm looking here at my badge that I got signed by Mark Hamill, and I have the Vintage Swedes, and I have Tennessee Star Wars Collectors Club, and I have Plastic Galaxy, and, uh... What else do I have here? The Empire Strike Back page and the Power of the Force page. 12 back page. Imperial Legion. The Australian Imperial Legion. Um, I don't know. Th those kind of things. I love those kind of things. The little one-offs uh, that you don't get every day and you don't see every day. So those, I would say, are the most interesting things in my collection. Uh, next up. What are some of the best ways to f go about finding stuff in the wild from Brent Field? Brent, we've covered it. I think it was podcast one or podcast two of IC Star Wars. But the best way to get stuff in the wild and to find stuff in the wild is to actually go out and go into the wild. Think about baseball. Okay. If you hit the ball 50% of the time, you're going to be batting 500, which is insane. You can't expect to do that. A 300 batting average is very respectable. It's great average. 300 batting average only requires you to get one hit out of every, what is it, or three hits out of every 10. So try, do go out there on a Saturday and hit 40 yard sales. And if you find absolutely nothing, go out next Saturday or go out on a Friday even better and go out on the Saturday after. You're going to hit eventually, but it is definitely a volume thing. You have to do it in volume. You have to hunt in volume. It is not the way it used to be in the 90s where you could walk into a dump and find piles of it. You know, it's it's just not like that. You have to work at it, but I promise you if you work at it and you troll Craigslist on the side, but anything that doesn't involve the internet is the best way to hunt the wild. Um, just find a whole list of yard sales and go one after another. Go to every antique mall on your trip with the kids to wherever you go on vacation. Um, that's what I suggest. It's just a matter of getting off the internet, getting out there and hunting and doing it in large volume. So that way you hit one time out of 50, you're doing great because that one time I guarantee you it'll be some good stuff. Uh, next up, Jimmy Chang. This is a big what if. What if the IC were able to interview Mark Hamill? Perhaps we can find out what his fee is and ask the members to donate to the cause. Um, I'd interview Mark Hamill. We interviewed Boba Fett. He didn't ask me for any money. <laughs> and personally, I think Boba Fett's a billion times cooler than Luke Skywalker is. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, no, actually, I'm not kidding. I think Boba Fett's way cooler than Luke Skywalker. But uh, Mark Hamill is a really nice guy. I'm sure it does cost something, but I'd love to have him on. I'd have anybody on. Shoot, Rick Springfield could come on. Um, I would have Mark Hamill on because you know what? Somebody tagged me in a thing where Mark Hamill put up a picture of a bunch of stuff he got at Celebration. And in that picture on his Twitter feed was an IC sticker and my uh, Topps trading card with my uh, that, that picture on it and stuff like that. And uh, he kept that stuff. So he's a collector. 
So I'll have any collector on. And a collector like Mark Hamill, it would be not only a privilege because he is who he is, but it would be a lot of fun because he's a collector. And I wonder how he collects. I wonder what's special to him. I, I would think from at least seeing his Twitter feed, I think that the stuff that we bring him and give him is very special to him, possibly more special than anything else in his collection. And I think that's phenomenal, and that's why he's such a wonderful guy that's always so nice to the fans and always autographs stuff. I have a best to Big Mike right here on my Celebration Pass that he autographed, and he also autographed the uh, IC for Life on that uh, picture I raffled off for the charity raffle at Celebration. I think he's a great guy. He does tons for the community. I see him stopping all the time on his Twitter feed there and random places in New York City or Chicago and just signing autographs for people on the street, which is really, really kind. I'd love to have him on. Um, if there is a a fee, I mean, I guess we could figure anything out. Um, we could figure anything out. But uh, I don't know. Maybe he'll just come on because he's a collector. Wouldn't that be fun? You know what? Leonardo DiCaprio collects too. So Leo, if you want to come on the show, feel free. You can only talk about Star Wars, not any nonsense movies or anything like that. Same offer goes out to Rick Springfield and Elijah Wood and anybody famous. If you're famous, that's great. But you have to be a collector to be on this show. I don't care if you're famous or not, if you're not a collector. But if you're famous and a collector... That's a double whammy. Come on, talk about Star Wars. I won't bother you about anything to do with your actual career. Don't worry. Um, next up, Jake Repus. Who is your least favorite Aussie, and why is it Brent Scotchmer? <laughs> That's funny. You guys are funny. I like the Australians, though. For some reason, you guys listen to my podcast, and you're very supportive, so thank you very much for that. Uh, next up, Garen Austin. How can you tell if a figure has been touched up? How does a paint touch-up on a figure affect price? Well, Garen, uh, one of the ways to tell is uh, by looking at it very closely. Get an eye loop. They're cheap on Amazon. Also, you can try out, uh, like I was saying before, the infrared uh, flashlight, that, that black light flashlight. You can put them under black light. Usually things like Sharpie and stuff like that tend to show up uh, with a different color. Um, even aftermarket paints because the paints are very old and they were mixed a certain way. So anything that looks wrong there's a good chance it's wrong. Sometimes people look at figures and they see a little bit of overspray or overpaint and they say, oh no, that's fake. The thing is, is once again, we go back to the, these were produced in a factory in China in the 70s and 80s. Um, I don't think that anyone there was like, oh no, 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 you missed it. There was a little bit of overspray on Boba Fett's knee pad. Throw it out. Nobody cares. Nobody cared back then. Um, so I wouldn't really worry about it that much, but definitely always worry about it. Check your figures, look at them. Um, usually the higher priced items is where you'll end up finding touch-ups, uh, but just check them out really carefully. The thing is, is, if you take time and you look really, really hard with magnification and you take that time, usually you can see it. Um, at least I've always been able to figure it out, but it's just a matter of looking really, really hard and looking for uniformity. Uh, if Boba Fett's, you know, if he's got uh, a different color paint on one chest pad, then it's probably repainted. But if he has a little bit of extra paint coming off one of his shoulders, it's probably just a factory mistake. Um, but that's also why, you know, even things that are brand new um, that, you know, just say a card pops open and it'll go get graded. I mean, some of those figures, they're damaged or they don't get really high grades because they have bad paint apps and stuff like that. So I wouldn't really 
stress it all that much, but as with anything in the vintage Star Wars thing, always look at it very, very, very hard. And if you notice anything wrong, don't talk yourself into it being right. Go with your gut. You're probably correct. Uh, next up, Michael List. Uh, do y'all want to come pet the horses? I have no idea what that means. Um, so probably not. I don't know of any horses in Star Wars, so no. Uh, no. Uh, Mark Ireland. Whose collection in the IC grabs your interest the most and why? Huh. I don't know. Mine? <laughs> Definitely mine. I mean, it's it's the kind of collection that I want, so that's my favorite. Um, but you know what I love about the IC is I love seeing other people's collections because you look at it and you'll either see stuff you've never seen before or you'll notice a way of displaying that you've never seen before. Or a collection isn't... It's not whose is the best and whose is the worst and who has the most stuff and whose is worth the most and whose is worth the least and whose is this, whose is that. As long as it's real, as long as there's nothing repro in it, I personally believe, and this is no... I can't think of a word to say it because uh, it's a PG podcast, but this is not false in any way. What I'm saying right now is uh, I think everyone's collection is exactly equal. And the reason why is because it actually gives you a glimpse into that person. They're, they're so personalized. They're like fingerprints. I have never seen, and I've seen thousands of Star Wars collections. I have never seen two that are exactly the same. Ever. I've never even seen two that are kind of almost a little bit exactly the same. Never, ever, ever. So that's what I really love the most. Um, that's the collection I love the most is the next one. The next one that's posted up, the next person that shares, and the next person who shows a little window into their soul. And uh, that's it. That's it for the Ask Mike section. We've been doing this for about an hour. Uh, coming up next, we have our special guest interviewee, Ross Barr from the 12 Back Group and uh, from Collector's Archive Services. He's going to give us a little behind-the-scenes look at grading and uh, what CAS is all about. And also, we're going to talk about his Han Solo collection because he is actually a collector. Don't worry, everybody I will ever have on as an interviewee for the IC Star Wars podcast will be a collector first and foremost. Because this is a podcast by collectors for collectors. So coming up now, without further ado, I give you the interview of Ross Barr. The Emperor has been expecting you. Welcome to a brand new episode of IC Star Wars. Today we have Ross Barr, and we're going to talk about graded items and the people that love them. Uh, it's always tough to get to know somebody quick, Ross, so uh, what we do here at IC Star Wars is we start off with a lightning round to break the ice. So first off, hey, how you doing, Ross? What's up, Mike? Thanks for having <laughs> me on, man. Really appreciate it. Thanks for being on, brother. I appreciate it. It's always it's good to pleasure. have real collectors, you know? <laughs> well, if that's, that's what you're calling me, I don't know, man. <laughs> well, know. It's a PG-rated podcast, man. I can't call you the other things. <laughs> That's right. That's right. All right. Uh, duly noted, I'll keep the PG-13. Or there PG. you go. <laughs> G? Is it I, G or it, PG? It doesn't matter. I could just put a Chewbacca roar over anything you say, don't you? All right. All right. I'll keep it NC-17, I promise. There you go. All right. Uh, well, we're going to start off with a lightning round to break the ice. Just some easy questions. Are you ready? Mm, okay. Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. okay good. Phew. Uh, what's your favorite Star Wars movie? The original one, A New Hope. Can uh, I call it A New Hope? Yeah, Episode why not? 4. Episode People four. get mad when you call it A New Hope, but I'll call it Star Wars. I like A New Hope. That's that's fair enough, man. We all grew up through it writing on the screen. That's fine. 
Exactly. You don't have to be that much of a purist. <laughs> it's not like you're saying Greedo shot first or something. No, God, <laughs> never. Never. This is a wasted question, but what's your favorite Star Wars character? Uh, I mean, I collect Han Solo. Oh, you're going to curveball me. Go ahead. I mean, no, I collect Han Solo. I don't know if he's necessarily my favorite character of all the movies. I, I always like Ben Kenobi. Nice. Smart, wise Ben Kenobi. I like it. Yes. Yes. What's your favorite Star Wars toy line from A New Hope to TFA? When you say, oh, you're already saying like related to any of the particular films? No, like like Kenner, uh, 5POA, Super Articulated, Black Series, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, no, I mean I'm I'm a pure vintage collector. I I tried to I tried to dabble in the modern for a little bit when The Force Awakens came out and got my son involved with it a little bit. But you know, and I try to live vicariously through him a bit. But fortunately, it didn't really take on with him too much. And now I have a pile of all these three and three quarter inch figures that I bought. Him. <laughs> the heck am I gonna do with these? But no, man, I'm I'm purely vintage. Um, I like, you know, I like the three and three quarter inch vintage figures the most, but I also collect, uh, store displays from the very first, uh, Star Wars, the new hope line. Mm -hmm. I just like, I like the, you know, like big things that look good on your wall and, you know, the black racetrack that you see in a lot of those early displays, man, that's where it's at. It, it gives me a tickle in certain parts of my body that I, I can't describe on your PG-13 podcast. <laughs> All right, uh, Anakin versus the Imperial Dignitary, the weaponless wonders in Mortal Kombat. Who wins and why? I mean, <laughs> Trent, Trent would probably not like like this, even if he's still collecting the digs. But hey. um, I think I think Anakin would probably be all right there. He's got a little bit of Force something in him, right? I think he. Yeah, won. that's right. That's yeah. right. I don't think the imp dead <laughs> guys are Jedi's. I don't know how that works. That may be the single greatest action figure question ever asked on a podcast <laughs> thank you <laughs> try to keep it fresh <laughs> it is amazing in its ridiculousness yeah lucasfilm gives you a call tomorrow and they say you can choose the next spin-off film what do you pick oh man I, you know it's crazy that maybe this just seems too obvious but a vader film yeah you know, they you a little bit of him and, and maybe you know frankly maybe the the prequels were that Right, so that might be kind of cheating. Really, the prequels are all about Vader, but you know, I I think that's what's missing is seeing seeing Darth Vader and like you know post Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. You know, other than the Rogue One, you, you get to see a nice glimpse of him, but just post Revenge of the Sith, where he's still young and in his prime and just kicking butt and and taking out Jedi's and you know doing whatever, dominating the galaxy. That would be. I think that'd be pretty sweet. It would be great to see. Yeah, it would a little bit less uh, floating pair and a little bit more uh, killing everybody. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I, I can't recall someone asked you that same question on on your podcast chat. Uh, people have said Vader before. Yeah. No, but I'm saying, had they asked you particularly? Not, no, they've not never asked the me. I'm not trying no. to turn the tables on you here, brother. They, they, no, yeah, go ahead. Uh, they've never asked me. You can ask me. Yeah, what's been I mean, off? I think I know what it is. You know or... what? You would think you do, but no, oh, here's, not here's yet. Your this here's is your my curveball. Curve yes, it would not be the Boba Fett movie as everyone would think it would be. Because okay. the thing that scares me about a Boba Fett movie is I'm still trying to buy Boba Fett, and so it's just going to make them more expensive. Yeah. So... <laughs> That's true. Just, That's just leave true. it down the end of the list, and maybe when I'm 900 years old, you can make a Boba Fett movie and I could die happy. But uh, 
No, next, I would like to see something that's one-off. To tell you the truth, Chris Hibbard was on. You know Chris. And uh, yeah, yeah. He was, he's the big power droid guy. And you know what? We were talking about a power droid movie. And what I would like to see, because the power droid's been in everything, man, from Rebels to every single Star Wars movie. Right. I would like to see an uh, outside perspective of somebody who's not involved during the whole movie. Whether it be following along some random rebel soldier or following along some power droid or uh you know a death star droid or something random you know what i mean and just following it around and them seeing the outside perspective and how everything works from the other side the tales of blue and red snaggletooth right why not man you never know <laughs> well see the thing is man is the thing that really got me into boba fett was the bounty hunter's tale uh yep. kevin g anderson you know and yep. in there, it's a whole bunch of different bounty hunters, and it's all their backstories. And I think that's awesome, man. The IG-88 one was great, and the way they all end up meeting up at Jabba's Palace. I would like to see, you remember that movie Crash, I think? Yeah. Where it was like all over the place, and everything came together at the end? Yeah, well, I, was cool. thinking, I was thinking like a usual suspects type yeah, thing. Yeah, exactly. Right? See a little Same bit about kind of each, of the, each of the characters. That's yeah. sweet. They got a lot of different ways to go. And I um, mean, and like right at the end, they could be like everybody gets on the sail barge. You know what I mean? <laughs> or something like that. I don't know. So, But yeah. uh, I guess I got a little taste of that between uh, Rogue One and A New Hope. So right, good. right. But just I mean, look, as a, as a Han Solo guy, I'm pretty excited for the, the Han Solo movie. Although it's, I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty... It, insane that universally people have scorned that movie before it's even come out right right like no one you don't hear anyone talking about it no one's excited about it um i think everybody's nervous about it because of the flip-flopping but i also think that's great man kathleen kennedy has to keep it in line yeah or else you know i think woody harrelson the casting of woody harrelson didn't help the movie either but but you know what i've seen woody harrelson in some amazing films he's a good actor yeah I mean, I mean, shoot, man, he was Woody on Cheers, and he's also, like, crazy bowling guy from that movie. Exactly. He's all exactly. over the place. He could do anything. Nothing so. can be worse than Samuel L. Jackson with the purple lightsaber. Yeah, that was weird. Wasn't that weird? <laughs> it was weird, man. That's the problem with Star Wars is when they put in really famous people, and they look just like they do. Because yeah. they're like, man, he's not in a galaxy far, far away. He's in L.A. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, isn't isn't Jimmy Smith supposed to be a detective? Yeah, instead, it, uh, yeah, it was weird. Well, I could just think of him from uh, Sons of Anarchy, you know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, they're in a tough spot, though. Yeah, everyone completely overanalyzes everything that Disney oh, does yeah. to the films. Um, and but you know, you think about it, people have consistently talked about it since. Um, you know, we're getting close on the five years, five year anniversary since. Disney announced that they purchased Star Wars. I think it was sometime in October of 2012. So, I mean, what a what an amazing way that the hobby and everything has changed in that five years. It's just it unbelievable. It's crazy. So, well, they uh, everybody was so nervous when Disney got it. But all I know, all I can say about the Disney thing is, I have had a new Star Wars movie to go to at Christmas every single year for the past three. I and mean, that's kind of how nice. can you complain about that? How right? can you complain yeah. about that? Well, hey, um, brother, that was an awesome lightning round. <laughs> nice. And uh, I know who you are, but let's fill in the listeners. Uh, Ross Barty, he's a member of the Pirino Commissary, of course. But uh, he's also an admin of, like, a bunch of major pages. The 12 Backboard, Power of the Force, right? Auctions? What else? Um, you know what? I, I, I don't do the, the auctions. Not Power of the Force, but the, the 12 Mac. See, what Empire do I Strikes know? <laughs> Yeah, no, it's all good. It's all good, man. I did the auction one for a little bit. Um, but, you know, 
It's a lot in of connection work. with yeah, in connection with you know starting being involved in CAS, which I assume we'll talk about at some point. Um, you know, I'm still the twelve back in Empire and Return of the Jedi, but you know, frankly, I probably don't pull as much weight as I used to. Just just really busy with the CAS stuff and my other hobby related stuff. But try to the twelve back group is is the first group I was an admin of and obviously my first love. So I, I give as much to that as I can. And I, you know, there's a lot of great groups out there. I, you know, I try to participate in your group and yeah. um, lots of other groups that are on there. So it's, it, to me, it's all fun. Yeah. The 12 back page, if anybody's looking into it, it's a phenomenal Facebook page. You'll see some of the rarest items you'll ever see there. Um, if you're looking into prototypes or first shots or early birds or stuff like that, you definitely want to join up just to stare at the stuff. Some of these guys have, it's amazing. Um, plus, yeah, the knowledge there is second to none, man. And uh, I actually I use it quite often because, as everybody finds out when they collect, uh, your your tastes start getting more and more expensive and more and more rare. <laughs> the, <laughs> yes, the more you a, get, so it's a slippery uh, slope. It's a yeah. slippery slope. And you, you know, gotta I, find the guys that know about that stuff. And, absolutely. Uh, Twelve backboard is great for that. So I like that board. I'm glad it's there. Um, also, that. you touched on it. I'm sorry, I keep telling you, but I'm so excited, man. The CAS thing. What made you do that? Um, CAS is a grading company for everybody yeah, that doesn't know. Now yeah, you know that Ross talk. <laughs> oh, no, yeah, no, no, it's all good. I, I appreciate the introduction. It's um, companies called Collector Archive Services, um, also known as CAS. They, I think they've they came on the scene with the soft opening in September of 2016. So it's just about a year now that the company's been around. Um, and I, I knew one of the owners um, from some dealings that we had on some other stuff. And you know, before they kind of opened, he's like, "Hey, we're we're opening this grading service. Hope you give us a try." And you know, over the next few months, I tried them as a customer and uh, was really, really happy. You know, the I'd been an AFA customer for a while and hadn't used them for quite some time for a bunch of different reasons, and um, was happy to see that there was another option out there. So. You know, like I said, really liked them as a customer and and promoted them just literally as a customer for a few months and was happy with them. And um, they were originally based in Quakertown, Pennsylvania, which is about 45 minutes away from where I live in New Jersey. And, you know, got to know them pretty well. And in the springtime, um, I think they were kind of looking to get a little help with promotion and marketing and also we're looking for some capital investment. So asked me if I wanted to join up with the ownership team. And, you know, it was, it was something I had to think about for a bit because it, you know, being involved in a business related to the hobby does change the hobby for you. And I knew that it would, but I really liked the guys a lot. I thought they had, were doing some really, really creative things. Um, you know, I thought they were really, really doing a, a good job of, of uh, promoting preservation and doing things that are beneficial to the hobby um, you know, most notably not, not doing U grading or anything destructive. So that was really appealing to me and just doing really, really good work. So I was, I was thrilled to be asked and, um, I became a part owner of the company in, at the end of May. And so the, the last four months or so has really been a whirlwind being involved with them, still being active in the hobby and, um, you know, doing all the things I do because it, it most importantly, I'm a collector. That's really, really important to me, and that that won't ever change, regardless of whether um, I'm involved in a business related to the hobby. But you know, I've it, it's given me very unique opportunities to meet 
all these different collectors that have submitted to us and rely on us um, and, and are interested in our services, all these different folks I never would have met otherwise. And, you know, it's just really, it's been amazing helping people do creative and good things with their collection. It's just, it's, it's way beyond what I ever thought it was going to be. And it's, you know, you do a lot of that in your groups. You've, you've spent a ton of time helping people educate and, and really influencing people in their collections. And, you know, I've done that a, a lot in the, in the 12-back group since it was formed, mm-hmm. you know, about three, four years ago. Um, this is just a different kind of platform for me. Um, and it's, like I said, it's given me an opportunity to really interact with a lot of people and do some cool stuff. Well, I saw uh, that uh, it was the first one I saw, the cut card Obi-Wan today I saw a picture of uh, you guys put up. And it looked really good, man. I was really wondering how you guys were going to pull those off. But, it, it, you know, it looks smooth, man, and I like the cut card in there. So, yes, it is a uh, different option besides U-grading stuff. Me, personally, I don't like U-grades. I would rather people not do something like that to damage an actual piece of history. Uh, But also, I always say it's your toy. Do whatever you want because you can't change people's minds. Uh, (laughs) But there is another option, and it looks great. I saw the picture on the IC today. Go check it out, guys. Um, Also, uh, Ross is a real collector. Uh, Besides all the bells the displays and awesome stuff like that he has, he has a massive hand solo collection. He has an awesome Han Solo focus. Han Solo? Han Solo or Han Solo? Yes. You're the pro. Which one? Yes. Han or Han? Aha, good enough. <laughs> I mean, I think like you know, think like Hans Gruber from Die Hard. Yeah, so I think sure Han. Right. I go with Han. Like Han. Han seems like My something hand. someone from uh, Wisconsin would say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Han Solo and you got your cheese curds. <laughs> Hands out there milking the cows. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Well, uh, yeah, if his Han Solo focus and uh, had a Toy Story-esque battle with my Boba focus, we could sell pay-per-view to that. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Didn't we talk about potentially putting putting our, our focuses together? It would be really today? neat, man. <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> that would be amazing. Maybe when George Lucas opens his new museum, he'll oh. give us a corner. <laughs> we just gotta get we gotta get you that that rocket fet, man. How's that going? Oh, uh, brother, I'm trying. I got some leads, which is very good. Um, it's like pulling teeth though, man, that Hakes auction ended up getting pushed off to God knows when. Did uh, it really? Yeah, it, man. It, I, I actually, somebody was posting on it. They put up another ad for it, ad number 8 billion. And, yeah. uh, what happened is somebody posted it down there and they said, Hey man, I just saw the Hakes auction being advertised in the new Blade Runner movie. <laughs> yeah, I did see that. Yeah, Cause it was, it was like 40 years it, it, out, man. 2049. Yeah. yeah. 20- it's I, and there's no date, so there's no date. So what I'm doing is I'm running around to everybody and their cousin, and I've I've talked to all the leads I can talk to, and I'm working on all the leads I can work, and uh, I will be doing that thing that I said I was gonna do uh, about this time, and that's putting up a picture of twenty grand cash and adding five grand or five hundred dollars to it every single week until somebody just coughs one up. Uh, wow. Whatever, right? You got to do it, it's or like you got to not do it. Reverse Dutch auction? Well, the thing is, here's the thing. Since I've been looking for them, man, people, I know they're rare, okay? They are, period. But people have them. Yeah, it's not that rare. I mean, I, you, I know you know that they're not that yeah, rare. Yeah, they're not as rare as, yeah, they exist. Rare is a very relative term, right? I mean, yep. it is rare compared to any production item, most certainly. Absolutely. So, um, rare compared to most prototypes, no. But, you know, it's, it's not, Boba Fett. <laughs> not an easy thing to get. I mean, no, clearly, not at all. clearly you've been trying for a bit, but you're, it's going to happen. I oh, think. Yeah. 
Maybe well, it doesn't happen something to quick, hunt, man. If I if I don't if I do it too quick, what's the point? If you could go to Walmart and buy this stuff, man, it's not even worth it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like it's like the the dog chasing the car. You finally catch the car. What are you gonna do with the car? Exactly. Yeah, yeah you're gonna shoot the rocket. That's what you're gonna do. With I it. am totally, man. I'm gonna crack it open too. Because I, I, somebody's <laughs> gonna sell it to me. AFA. To I'll send that. it to you guys, man. After I crack it. And oh, I actually have God. an awesome idea, and you guys will totally do it because you like listen to people. Yeah, man. <laughs> no, I mean that's that's the thing too. And I'd say you know you've you've sent in some of the coolest stuff that we've done. Some oh, brother, of the- I got a big box sitting right here that's coming too. You're gonna trip out. Yeah, you're gonna come visit, right? Yeah, totally. Yep, I'm gonna go down and visit. They also let you visit if you ever happen to be in West Palm Beach. <laughs> yeah, man. Like no, playing golf or something, you know. That's a, that's the thing. Just a lot of transparency. I, I think that's one of the things that we wanted to work on as well. And you know, and I I say it to to my partners all the time that we, you know, we live by the transparency because people love that. You know, they can message me, um, yeah. reach me really any time of the day, which wasn't as easy with with some of the other uh, grading companies that are out there. Um, we live by the transparency, and sometimes you die by the transparency too. Right, like if the fact that we're very reachable, if there's an issue, it's easy for people to complain to us, mm-hmm. right? And not that not that there's been a ton of complaining. Overall, people have been really, really happy, really pleased. But you know, that's that's the part of the job that's not as glamorous as having to deal with customers when there's an issue or what have you. But you know, we've always taken the stance that you know I know what it's like to be a collector and and have something sent to someone else and I understand the responsibility of doing that and making sure that each and every person is happy when they walk away from the transaction mm-hmm. right which is it's not always the easy thing to do but no it's not but you guys it's the right have thing. it's the right thing you've done well doing it and I also like the way that if there's any kind of issue and you take care of it I also like the fact that you can call a phone number and somebody's going to pick it up, yep. <laughs> which That's, it doesn't that usually is. happen. You know what, man? I am in no way an AFA basher. I also use them. I'm in no way a UKG basher. I would use them if it didn't cost $8 billion to send VAT taxes. Right. Um, but uh, <laughs> but uh, there are certain things I don't love that they do, and there's certain things that you guys are going to get better at as time goes on, too. Um, which is going to make it even more phenomenal because I found like the video and there was, you know, one or two things that were a little bit wrong, but it was like the top toys and how many top toys could you possibly have? That happens to be a smaller card. So it fell out of the thing, but you guys, what did you do? Immediately called me, said, dude, I'm going to fix it for free. Send it back. We're going to pay for your shipping. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And I'm like, bro, don't worry about it. It happens. That little tiny thing is never going to come up again because it's something you learned. And that's what's wonderful is you guys actually hear what people say that is something that could use changing. And not only do you think about acting on it, but you immediately act on it and correct it. And that's something I've never experienced in grading. Yeah, well, look, and to be completely fair, you know, we are a new company and we're trying to retain customers. So hopefully any intelligent company would do that early in its its existence. But, you know, I, I... I, I I make this promise and I'm saying it on the podcast so it's gonna live on and live on forever. <laughs> it, you know we're not we're not we're not gonna get into year one or year two and have a big customer list and then start being jerks, right? It's just not right. gonna happen. Um, 
So I think that's the way you know, we, a lot of this, too, is setting the tone for how we want to run the company and how we want to be perceived by folks. Because at the end of the day, man, you know this, you know this as well as I do. I mean, look at look at since your time being active in the community, mm-hmm. how many people you become friends with and how, you know, how much you enjoy the fact that you respect all those people and they respect you. And, you you know, you go to a meetup, or you go to a show or you go wherever and you know, at least, at least for me, these are some of the people that I'm closest to right now. Oh yeah. So you know how my how my friends view me and the company is is certainly important to me. Um, and you know I I want people to always know that we respect them and and take the responsibility for. I mean, people are sending us thousands of dollars worth of collectibles, and very oh, yeah. rare prototypes, and high end production stuff. That's a huge. It's a huge responsibility. Huge responsibility. So we take it very seriously. Well, you know what else, man? It also gave you the opportunity. I always pitch it to everybody. I say, you got to go down to Mexico for one of these shows because it's a great time. There's great collectors there that are very, very nice, and nobody ever does it. But you did it, and you went with CAS, and was it not awesome? It was. I mean, you saw the pics, man. Yeah. They, those guys those guys are just gems. They yeah. were they were such amazing hosts to us, um, Moises and, and Leo. Um, in particular, you know, were just really helpful to us and showed us around and stuff like that. And you know, they're, I, I think you're you're totally right, man. And you, well, you got your trip going coming up in December, uh, right? Yeah, actually, it ended up being uh, they made it the weekend of uh, the opening of the new movie. So Ooh, that's cool, actually. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna catch it in Mexico, man. <laughs> oh, so is it gonna be? In, is it gonna be in Spanish? No, sub- I checked. It's in English with subtitles. Oh, score. <laughs> so I'll be score. all right. So I won't be sitting there like, does Snoke really sound like that? <laughs> but you're, you know, you're totally right, and I think, I think you raise a really good point of just about collecting in general, right? And I try to, exp- I try to express this to my non-collecting friends, but I, I look around at the people that I talk to on a day-to-day basis: people from Mexico, people from France, people from the UK, people from Australia that I talk to every single every day. Every day. I, I have mean, no is, doubt you could drop me off at any international airport and I could get a ride within two hours. I mean, isn't that amazing? <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. I how think many it's people, great, man. How many people can say that whatever whatever thing that they're into, whatever hobby that they're into, that they are able – exactly what you said, go to any airport in, in any major international city and have that. I mean, that's it's staggering. That's When you think about that, that's an amazing thing. Yeah. Well, that's, I just, uh, I couldn't be happier with the way that has happened. And I do find, I don't know, man, I don't collect anything else, but I find the Star Wars community really has that in spades. I don't know if other communities do that same thing. I don't know if Joe's the same way. I don't know if Strawberry Shortcake's the same way. I don't (laughs) think baseball cards are, because I've seen them go at each other before. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I'm I'm not a comic book collector. I imagine that that's a vibrant enough community that they may have something similar, but it's almost too big that you you don't have that sense. Well, it's also spread out, too, because comics could be any comic character, whereas Star Wars is Star Wars. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's really fair too. There's certain people that focus on certain, certain, uh, you know, either Batman or Superman or whatever. That's mm-hmm. that's a fair point. But well, no, I bought I mean, all those great. Star Wars comics that came out, man. If you happen to need eight thousand comic books, I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> I bought four of each. I thought I was a genius. <laughs> How'd that work out? Eh, they're worth about a nickel. <laughs> 
Someone sent me, uh, David Pucciarelli, I don't know if you know him, sent me as a gift, uh, you know, the uh, Marvel did those covers that look like 12 backs. Yeah. Yep. He sent me the um Those the are the Han ones Solo I'm talking ones. about that I bought a pile of. <laughs> okay, that was that was the one? Yeah. He sent me the Han Solo one. It was graded like nine point something. I was like, oh my God, this has got to be, yeah, it's got to be worth crazy, crazy money. Yeah, worth like a hundred so bucks, whatever. Nice, yeah. Nice gift that you gave that, but um. You know, back to what you said before, though. I mean, you know, I, I would certainly encourage people to do stuff like that, like go to Mexico or, you know, go see different places related related to Star Wars. Or you know, anywhere just... you go on any trip, tell people and say, hey, what's going on Star Wars here? Yeah. 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 Because you never I... know who's out there or who happens to be near who will say, let's go get a drink and go to the most awesome antique store that has eight billion Star Wars toys for a nickel. You don't know. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Have you have you found a lot of stuff when you go down there? Uh, down where? Mexico? Mexico. Yeah, brother. I mean, it's all like collector stuff. But yes, I mean, what happened is, uh, my brother he does his work down there. Well, he he's based out of Mexico City. Um, okay. So I went down to visit him once, and he said, "Hey, Mike, come down and visit me." He said, "There's a Star Wars toy show." I said, "All right, fine." Uh, so I went down, and I was like, uh, "It was my first time going out three years ago now," and. Uh, I even made a video on the IC, and I'm like, oh, I, you know, I'm here in Mexico. I highly encourage anybody just get on a plane and go, try it out, whatever. And uh, I didn't know anybody. I ended up walking into the show. Uh, Jose del Toro and Moy were the first guys I met, and they were really nice to me. And then uh, I met Stephen like, Patrick. Who's this big and, American? Oh yeah, totally. Now I am the uh, what am I? The Blanco Wampa, the White Wampa. That's what I am, <laughs> if you ask him. <laughs> Because <laughs> I come really down around man? Christmas time. Yeah, that's what they, they do call not me. call you that. Are you serious? Dude, I'm telling you, it's, it's that's a thing. That's amazing. I didn't get a nickname. <laughs> You'll get one, Jeez. man. <laughs> I need well, a nickname. They'll probably call me like the ugly Tauntaun or something. Yeah. Pink shorts guy. <laughs> exactly. Pink shorts guy. Come uh, in. How do you say pants? Pantalones. Uh, rojo? Rosas. No, that's Rosas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm always going to listen to this and cringe, man. Uh, He totally will. But I love it, man. And I go down and uh, they're they're so nice. And it's – but it's – the reason why I'm so shocked that they're so nice is because it's a whole different country. And you wouldn't think that you'd be able – I mean, Boba Fett is Boba Fett. doesn't matter where you go. And that's what people have to understand is even if you don't speak the language, even if you aren't comfortable – there's going to be people that speak your language, and that's the language of Star Wars, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, and, and I think you're right, at least Mexico in particular. I, I think not a lot of collectors have journeyed down there. I think the language barrier has something to do with it. But, you know, when I was down there, and I'm sure you had the same thing, they were just so happy that I awesome. was there. You know, there's nothing yeah. special about me that they were they were just so happy that I wanted to come down there and, and see their culture. And they were very proud and, and happy to show it to me. And, you know, in particular for CAS, I think the promoter of the show and certain the collectors have tried to get um, our competitors down there forever <laughs> come down. And they Never just, in a billion years. I, I think they just said, you know, we don't see a market there. But right. we, you know, we, we went to the show, and I got to tell you, man, there was a ton of submissions. People loved it. Now, you know, I think grading is a – there's some collectors down there that, that grade – grade religiously but most of them don't so we had to explain kind of what it was and you could see the initial hesitancy like you're gonna take my stuff back to the u.s (laughs) like what what but you know luckily we had we had uh, moy and leo to to explain it to us and to to the folks there and 
you know, it was it was interesting. There were, it, you know, there's not a lot of places you go that people are so happy that you're there. Yeah, and it's, that was just a great feeling. Well, see, I, I, the whole reason why I went down is I was starting Lily Letty and I was buying it and uh, I couldn't get it up here. Like right. to complete a loose set, it's murder. You'd pay $10 billion on eBay or you know what I mean? So I was able to go down there and over two years I completed my Lily Letty set. Wow. But it took me the two times I went down there and a lot of hunting and stuff like that and trading and working with friends. Like, I mean, Please, I'm going down this time, man. I got a, two shelves worth of stuff that I'm bringing to friends down there that have stuff waiting for me. That's you know awesome. what I mean? That's I, awesome. Yeah, I tell them. That's where do you think I get all my Lily Letty Boba Fetts? You know what I mean? It's <laughs> what, what was the, so what was the some of the harder figures to to get from that line? Oh, uh, definitely the Cloud Car Pilot. Um, right. That, the accessories. Yeah, right? the Leia Endor that gray blaster is impossible. Um, because Leia Endor has a Leia blaster, but it's the gray one. And right, then, I did uh, see. Yeah, uh, what else? Um, Bespin Leia is kind of tough. Uh, the Luke Bespin Luke is the. There's it's the blonde, accessories. I think there's a blonde Leia Bespin that I saw when I was there. Yeah, too. there is. Yep, that's that's her. Yeah. That's it's crazy. The there's some. They have some crazy. I mean, not crazy. That that that's the wrong word, but very unusual vis-a-vis the the Kenner variants. Oh yeah. Went to a, went to a collector's house that had. Just tons and tons of variants. Seeing, you know, like you said, the the layer Endor. I think she had that gray, yeah, original Leia blaster. But she she was packed with with different blasters and different colors. Some of it, some of it, I'm not sure that they that the Lily Letty company cared. Right? They no. weren't <laughs> they weren't trying to make variants. They're like, oh, here's a blaster. Let's put it in. Right? Well, that's the whole thing with that removable rocket Boba Fett man. They just kept the production line going and they didn't have any rockets, so they're shoving them in at the end. That's crazy. That's all that happened there, you know. And it's, now, you know, now collectors 30, 30 some years later go crazy over it. Oh, and, forget about it. Those things are going for like thirty five hundred dollars now. It's out of control. I, I can't believe that. Out of That's control. nuts. Man, I saw a uh, what was it? A Burgundy Cape Squid go for twenty five hundred dollars the other day. That's insane. I was getting those. God. Shoot, a thousand dollars two years ago, like nothing. Well, look, I mean, loose figures in general just through the roof. Getting, getting unsustainable. Um, you know, I, I can't imagine being a new collector coming into the hobby, being like, "Yeah, let me let me do a loose figure run. Let me let me get ten grand together and get a loose figure run together." Oh, it's tough. But the thing is, is you gotta hunt. If you get out there, you'll still find Vader heads full of figures. You just gotta get out yeah. there every weekend and you'll catch one. That's true. That's, That's true. true. That's a trick. But yeah, if you sit on your computer and try to do it, it's very expensive. Yeah. But then again, you... we live in the world where a coffee costs you eight bucks. So what are you gonna do? <laughs> Do you still actively hunt for stuff in the wild around you? Oh, yeah, brother. I actually just uh, hit uh, – I got one. It was a whole collection. And what I do – the reason why is because uh, people on the IC, they love flash sales. And uh, I'll throw it's up a flash sale. very popular on the IC. Very popular. And I could throw up stuff cheap if I get it for cheap. You know what I mean? Yep. So I yep. that's what I do. I buy it up. I throw it all in a box and pick out stuff that I really, really need, which is like – Boba Fett's or Jawas for the wife or Leia's for Andrea. Uh, but otherwise, everything else, I'm like, you know. So I'll throw up a flash sale, throw out a bunch of stuff for dirt cheap and still bank back as much as I made and cover shipping and everything. But then it also gets it out there. And also, I like that hunt, man. I mean, I'm the kind of guy, I, I don't eat fish. I love to fish, but I don't eat fish. Right, but if right, I got right. somebody that's going to eat all the fish I catch, man, I'd fish every day. 
Yeah, that's fair, man. That's fair. I did, I did a lot of it, you know, probably two, three years ago. And again, I as we talked about before, I have different things that are keeping me busier in the hobby now. But I, I got to tell you, I mean, I've had probably four or five really, really good finds in my in my day. I mean, other than the than, than the random Vader head, which you know I wouldn't count it that. I'm talking big, big finds. Right. There is there are forget about drugs, you know, forget <laughs> about getting drunk or doing whatever. There are few better feelings than in a, a massive find. Like yeah. literally, the moment after you find, finish packing up your car, and you're driving away from that person, you know you have the stuff. There, are, it's like it's like a high that you never feel. Yeah, and you're sitting at the gas station, running around the car, calling your best buddy in Star Wars world. <laughs> uh, one, you know, one one find that I had, I I had brought back across the Canadian border. Uh-huh. And I I literally had an SUV full of toys, right? Like all this stuff, you know. And it was a, it was a Canadian find. I had some rare stuff, like I had a Canadian Boba Fett carded. I had Ooh. a Canadian Vinyl Cape Jawa carded. Wow. I mean, it was it was a really really good find. But my SUV was like jam packed, full full full. <laughs> As I was pulling in into customs to go back in the U.S., right? The guy clearly they. They're in the business of grilling you, no matter what. Right. But they, they see this, some some wacko driving back across the board with like <laughs> a car full of stuff, right? He started asking me questions like, "What's this? What's that? You know, what's the most valuable piece? What's in the collecting?" And it got to the point that it, you could see that he wasn't just asking me questions because he was a border patrol officer that had to ask and make sure that I wasn't bringing drugs back across the border. Yeah. He was actually interested in all the stuff that I was bringing. <laughs> and as he's talking to me, there's like a long line of people behind me waiting, like honking to get through. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, no, man, it's fun. Well, uh, let's go into the essay questions, man. Uh, what was your first Star Wars memory? My first Star Wars memory? I'd say... When I was about five or six, um, I, I was—I've always been a baby when it comes to going to the doctor, getting shots, and stuff like that. Um, I, when I was that age, I—I I was at the dentist, and I had to get Novocaine. I think I had a, a very early cavity, which is, that's a young age to have a cavity. I can show you all the candy and crap that I ate as a kid. <laughs> but um, you know, they were about ready to give me some Novocaine, and. You know, as a kid, you don't know what Novocaine is. They they brought it out, and all of a sudden, I saw this long needle, and I'm like, no, <laughs> like crying, carrying on, like kicking and screaming in in the in the seat to the point that they, you know, it was like an hour or two, and finally they sent me home. They were like, we're we're not going to do this. So my dad brought me back the next day, and he's like, if you let them do this, I'll I'll buy you some Star Wars figures. And nice. I think at the time, it was I think it was eighty three, eighty three or eighty four. So. The Jedi line had just come out, but you know, I, I don't know that I I actually remember I got uh, Lando and Leia Bespin because I like the capes on the figures. I I, re- I distinctly remember buying those figures in the store. Um, so I don't think I had seen Jedi yet. I don't remember. I was born in '78, so I don't remember. You know, I was too young for A New Hope in the theater, and I don't remember seeing Empire. And I don't believe that I did at that young age. I remember Jedi, but my very first. Star Wars and, and Star Wars action figure uh, memory was buying that Lando and that Leia Bestman because I finally let them put Novocaine into my mouth <laughs> at the insistence of my father. I want the ones with the cape, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> I, dude, I honestly, I 
there's few memories that I remember from that age, but I can distinctly remember being in that car playing with those figures, man. Nice. That's cool. And that's why we do this, man. Yeah, it's yeah, it's that nostalgia factor for sure. Well, the reason yeah. why I have so many Boba Fetts, man, is because I never had a Boba Fett when I was a kid. Yeah, that's cool. That's <laughs> so now cool. I want all the Boba Fetts. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I, I, was, I was at lunch with uh, a, a relatively new friend today, and you know, it's always interesting when you meet someone and you try to describe to them the hobby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I always, when I'm like, so I collect vintage Star Wars action figures, and you know, most of the people are like, oh my God, that's so cool. And occasionally you get the, okay, yeah, yeah. whatever. But, you know, describe, I remember I was met this guy for lunch today and describing to him kind of why I do it. And, you know, initially, almost always you say it's the nostalgia factor and that's it. Mm-hmm. That that feeling back uh, being five years old and dodging the, the Novocaine needle at the dentist. Well, it was for me, it was, uh, I used to have to mow lawns for these things, man. So I actually worked for them, you know, and I had to buy them from like antique stores because okay. I'm an eighties baby. When were you born? 1980. 1980. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So you're a couple years younger. Tail end, man. I didn't even get to see any of them in the movie theater until the special editions came out. But Ooh, I did have Return brutal. of the Jedi when I was really little. And, uh, you want to hear something even more brutal? Is yeah. My sister taped a Cabbage Patch Kids special right over the end. So Han Solo would say, all right, kids, you're all clear. Let's blow this thing and go home. And it would go right into Cabbage Patch Kids. <laughs> probably, probably to the point, probably to the point when you see that movie now, like you expect you have to expect yeah. it. Oh, totally. I'm waiting for it to clip over. <laughs> <laughs> but I got copies of it and now I've seen the whole thing. So it's okay. <laughs> that's, that's amazing how many times would you say this is a random question for you i know i keep asking questions and yeah, you're the no, you're care. the interviewer Go but ahead. this is this is a conversation right if you were to say include all the movies all together how many times fully have you watched a star wars movie how many times do you say oh brother thousand what's the over under thousand i to hold on At i'll least... say the over under for you is 200 times no no way in the past year maybe man i literally watch one every single <laughs> sunday year. Uh, yesterday I was sick. Remember we pushed off the podcast cause I was yeah. sick since, since Monday I have watched, uh, every single good star Wars movie one and a half fish times. I've gotten through, uh, four five, six TFA rogue one four six since wow. Monday. Wow. I don't know, man. I'm the kind of person to see. I'm also, you know me, man, I've got 8 billion jobs and I do 8 billion things because I've always got to be doing something. So I'll have it on in the background while I'm doing some IC stuff or while I'm writing up the questions for the podcast or while I'm doing this or while I'm filling out my CAS sheets all wrong or (laughs) (laughs) or whatever I'm doing, which is also really nice that you guys do because I'm terrible. Every single thing, I just do the zero thing and then you guys figure it out, which don't other people do that. I just really am bad at clicky things. Yeah, no, it's all good. I mean, (laughs) you know, I I tend to think our process is, you know, again, compared to the competitors is relatively simple with the point and click yeah but you know for things that you've you've sent us a lot of like interesting unusual stuff that we haven't done before so yeah i mean yeah but there's man not i a, sent you like a... two 21 back boba fets last time and this time i couldn't find the boba fett thing for 21 back boba fett so i just sent you another one it's like something you never graded before yeah so i don't know what i'm doing good. but i'll figure it's it out <laughs> We're happy. We're happy to get the submission. Whatever. Well, the first one, man, my wife did it. Looked all nice, didn't it? She's good at things like that. 
I'm I'm bad at things. You gotta like get that. you gotta get Andrea back on the back. I know, the right? <laughs> keeping she's keeping you in line and making our jobs easier. She really does, man. She really does. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna actually deny your account and just put it under her name. You should, man. I'm telling you, you're just gonna have trouble for me. I'm a disaster when it comes to anything like that. Forget about it. You should see eBay yells at me at least once a week. I don't even really buy or sell anything on there. I just always do it wrong. <laughs> oh man. Uh, well, hey, no collection is ever complete. So, what's on your hunt list? On my hunt list, what I'm what I'm looking hunt, for? Hunt, hunt list. Hunt list. Sorry, I didn't I mean, enunciate my T's. Yeah, no, it's all good, man. It's all good. It's all good. Um, you know, I I, I kind of have, I've reached a point where I don't buy too often anymore, which which totally stinks. You know, I gotta. I was thinking about doing a um, uh, what the hell? What the heck do they call them? Now I'm I'm totally blanking. The the underoos, the underoos oh, yeah. stars, like doing like an underoos run. Right, something like that. That'd be cool. <laughs> It'd be kind of interesting. Yeah, but, you know, be up your my, alley. I could see my that. My long-term goal. My long-term goal. I mean, I, I collect Han Solo, but I also collect, like I said, displays and and some pre-production items. This mm-hmm. specifically related to Han Solo. So, um, long-term goals. I want to have power, power the force proofs. Some of which are produced, and some most of which are unproduced for all the Han variations, and then. First shot prototypes for all the the Han variations. So, oh, wow. I'm I'm uh, I only need a Han Bespin for a shot, mm-hmm. and I need a Han original power of the force proof and a Han carbonite power of the force proof, and I'll be done with all five of each, which will be which will be pretty sweet. Yeah, that's very pretty cool. Sweet. That you have the other ones is crazy. <laughs> been yeah, it's been. Been you know a lot of you know this it's a lot of a lot of networking and um, being very vocal about what you collect and it's it's pretty crazy that things tend to find their way towards you you know people will tag you in a thread or um, send you an eBay listing or help you out whatever so I've 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 definitely not done it alone I'll say I'll tell you that much oh I hear you man I mean anything to do with Boba Fett is difficult and it's much more difficult without people telling you. I can't imagine how many how many times you get tagged. I mean, everyone knows you're the Boba Fett guy. Yeah. <laughs> I get tagged quite a bit, man. But the thing is, is I don't know. The thing is, is I always tell them to tag me because I'll still buy a loose Boba Fett. I don't care. Yeah. I love them. I'll buy them all. As That's long as they're reasonable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I imagine when you have as many loose Boba Fetts as you can, hopefully not spending 80 bucks a loose figure. No, nah, no, I definitely have price points, man. Yeah, I, you know, that's what you got to do. If you're going to, certainly if you're going to army build anything, you have to have a price point and stick to it. And you'll yeah. find it if you hunt. Yeah. I highly I mean, suggest we'll... ice cream in 3 a.m. on eBay. <laughs> <laughs> it does sound pretty good, actually. Yeah, it's my best find. Nice combo. I'm telling you. <laughs> it's a nice combo. Uh, how did you like Celebration? Oh man, it's it's great. This was so I've been yeah, I've been kind of I've collected on and off, you know, a decent amount when I was an adult. I lived in New York City from 2003 to 2012, and when I moved from New York City to Ohio in 2012, I I really got active in the community and got you know got involved on Rebel Scum before Facebook was a real thing. Um, but you know, leading and the reason I mentioned that I I've only then been to two celebrations. I went to um, Anaheim a couple years ago in Orlando this year. Um, and just, you know, it, it's too bad that I wasn't active 
you know, many celebrations ago and, and been through all of them, but very, very happy to have gone the last couple. Um, it's just, dude, it's just an amazing experience, you know, seeing all the stuff there and doing the room sales and meeting up with various collectors and doing all that stuff. It's, it's just a good time. I, I didn't have a ton of time at the, at the last celebrations. My family and I left on Saturday to go on a Disney cruise, but mm-hmm. You know, I still had time to do the the archive party and room sales. And when you had your when did you have your meetup? I wasn't able to make that. Uh, it was on Saturday. I think you're already gone. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's that's why I wasn't. Well, able you to made go. your first IC meetup up at Cincinnati. You like it? It was indeed. It was. Well, did it you was, have a good time? You did a, you did a real nice job, man. I was that's I was true. impressed. There was a. There was a ton of pizza, which was awesome. <laughs> There's always pizza. Awesome. It's like a thing. Everybody always ends up being hungry, man. You know. No, it was it was it was very cool. It was that was a lot of fun. Um, and I actually got I got a I had a bunch of card backs there for twelve backs, which I was looking for. So, nice. um, yeah, no, it was it was it was a good time. Um, how about you? Was it how many? Have you been to a few celebrations? Uh, that is my first celebration. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, see, the thing is, man, is I'm not really a, uh, like a, a cosplayer or a hot toys guy or a modern guy or a what did Hasbro release last week or, uh, you know what I mean? I'm vintage. Yeah, yeah. I, I play vintage Star Wars. It's what I know. It's what I love. I watch the movies and that's it. Uh, right. but it wasn't really like that, man. It was. It was an amazing experience that was like watching a Star Wars movie. You know what I mean? It, it has that energy and it has those people and it has. It was really, really cool and I really, really liked it. And I wish I've been to others. But if yeah. I start wishing for things, man, I mean, I'll start wishing I was buying Boba Fett's in 1996 when they were like sure. a nickel. <laughs> I, think, I think that's exactly right. And yeah, I, I kind of said that before, but you're totally right, man. You should never. Never look back in the past of what you should have done. You should look forward to the future, what you can do. Absolutely. You know? Well, that's good, man. That's definitely fortune cookie right there. <laughs> it did sound kind of, as I was saying it, I was like, oh my God, this is going to be so cheesy. I shouldn't say it. I'm going to use that as a tagline for this podcast. Man. <laughs> it's true. But it, you know, I, I think, like it. Look, I think it's it's true in collecting. It's true in life. You shouldn't live life through regret and you know, just know you can control what you do in the future. Yeah, absolutely. Um, any prop from the Star Wars movie, what would you want? Um, I'd probably have a, a Han blaster. I mean, yeah. again, now I'm now I'm bringing the curveball back. Okay. Um, to to Han, but you know, I think that's one of the one of the cooler props. I would I would certainly love to have one of those. It is iconic too. It's kind of the thing you don't have to explain when somebody walks into the room. Oh man, absolutely. <laughs> I agree. I You're just agree. like, yeah, that's the one. <laughs> It, it amazes me too. Did you go to the um, in, in Cincinnati? Did you make it to the exhibition? Uh, the no, Star Wars I exhibition? didn't, man. And I was crushed that I didn't. But I totally uh, watched the whole trip. I was running in and out. Yeah, it was well. There was a lot going on that weekend too. Um, but you know, just seeing all the costumes and, and props and things like that related to it, mm-hmm. it's just it's just amazing how much that material is out there. And you, when you see someone like Gus Lopez's collection who has a ton of props himself, but then. You know, they they are able to put an exhibition together like that, and just how much of that stuff is just still out there is is pretty cool, especially from the original trilogy. I yeah. mean, the fact that that much stuff has survived is pretty neat. 
It is amazing. Well, I think that uh, once they came out with the, the uh, special editions, even man, uh, they kept literally everything. Yeah, everything no, they could keep. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's fair. But I, the whole, but the still, whole for the old collect- stuff, they they have a lot. I, the, the prop collecting, though. I mean, sometimes I feel like I feel very fortunate that you know I have a few prototypes and key, you know, high end production pieces in my collection. I'm very fortunate to be able to do that, but. Mm-hmm. You know, prop collecting is a whole different stratosphere than that. Oh yeah. You know, when when people are spending fifty, a hundred thousand dollars on like, you know, decent prototypes, not the uh, not uh, not prototypes, props, yeah. decent props, but not you know, not the prop, the top ones. Some of the top oh, ones no. go for three, four hundred thousand, yeah. a million bucks. Yep. Oh yeah. I mean, even like a three PO finger will set you back a you know quite a bit of money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Imagine a whole one. I mean, that dude from uh, Mythbusters bought that 3PO foot. Remember? He paid like something like 200 grand or something. It's crazy. It's crazy. Uh, Actually, I do own one. I, I have to admit, I own one Star Wars prop. It's from uh, Return of the Jedi. It's one of the little mini towers. Uh-huh. It's in one of the scenes on the Death Star. Oh, that's it's cool. A, when I say a mini tower, literally, man, this thing is like, it's, it's basically the size of a penny. Yeah. It's like the height of a penny. Right, but it's just like this little tiny thing. I I think I paid you know a couple hundred bucks for it or whatever. That's awesome. It, it is it is the most inconsequential, small, tiny, insignificant. You know, talk about like prop. I prop envy when I bring that thing out. You right. know? <laughs> <laughs> but it's a, it is it is an actual screen used mini tower. So props are really really neat, man. And if I had unlimited funds. Uh, you bet your life I'd have Boba Fett's backpack hanging off my back right now while I was interviewing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is that is. I mean, again, that's the rub. It's not cheap. Well, here's the uh, easiest collect, the easiest question, and the one that everybody answers the same. And I'm sure you'll have the same answer. But what is your favorite part of collecting? I mean, you know, everyone everyone does probably say the community. Yep. Right and and the people and stuff like that, um, and that's absolutely true, right? Like I like I said before, we were talking about it. Some of my closest friends that I now talk to now are within the Star Wars community. I've I talked to people all over the world, um, but you know I I'll take a little different twist to that. You know it is again it is the community it is the people, but it is the fact that I've met people from all over the world, right? So it's community, but the the, the the expansion that it's allowed me mm-hmm. and just experiencing different cultures. And, you know, who knows if I w- would have ever gone to Mexico city, but for star Wars, right. I mean, maybe I would have, I might not have, um, and that's pretty neat. So it's, it's brought me, um, you know, and again, the, the Cincinnati show and going to celebrations and things like that. It's just mm-hmm. the, the experiences that collecting have, have brought to me. And I've, you know, I've learned a lot about myself. Um, through collecting as well, you know, interacting with as many people as you do on a day-to-day basis online and dealing with as many different personalities as you have. I mean, you know, I, I even look at my Facebook feed now. I'm, I'm a pretty liberal leaning person, <laughs> but you know, there's a ton of people that are Star Wars collectors that I'm friends with that are very right wing conservatives that, you know, I, I don't have a ton of friends that think that way. That I, other than the friends that I met through Star Wars, and it's, I think it's great. You know, I don't necessarily agree with everything that those those people say, but 
being exposed to that and being exposed to different opinions and people from different cultures and the way it walks a life. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's, I think it's changed me a lot as a person and, and certainly for the better and exposed me to, to a lot of different things that I otherwise wouldn't have been exposed to. You know what? That's very, very true, man. And I don't know if I've ever really thought about it, but you're absolutely right. It, uh, opens up your eyes to other people's views. And the reason why is because you have some common ground to stick to. Um, yeah. So you can hear other things. And that's exactly right. I think that's right. It's the glue that kind of holds everyone together and for mm-hmm. even even different viewpoints and 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 political views and, and different cultures and stuff like that. It is it's a cool common denominator, like you said, to bring people together. Yep, Boba Fett is Boba Fett. <laughs> <laughs> right, and it brings it it brings us together. We have something we all share. It really pretty- is. Yep, I like it. Perfect, man. That was a very good answer. Um, all right, the very, very last thing on IC Star Wars is uh, the IC Star Wars Pearl of Wisdom. Since uh, ICSW is focused on vintage Star Wars items, and our guests like you will be some of the most knowledgeable collectors around, I've had every single guest give one collecting tip. It can be yep. anything at all, uh, from what to look for in the wild uh, to what are all the known variations of Kenner cards. Uh, something you learn from personal experience in the hobby. Um and something that I've learned is that every single collector has very, very solid info about something, but no one collector has all the info about everything. So yeah, no, give absolutely. us the Ross Bar, I see Star Wars, Pearl of Wisdom. Well, instead of talking about a particular collectible or some nugget about a different line, I'd say, you know, just be a nice person. Ooh, right? That's I think, a good one. I mean, it's not it, – it's, it's a very obvious thing, but, you know, I think – a lot of people. I mean, a lot of people don't care to do it, but you know, I think for helping you interact with people in the most positive way and to open yourself up to you know have great experiences and do great deals and have people look out for you and want to be your friend. You know, I think being a nice person and being very respectful and open to people is, is something that there's a lot of people that do that online and within the, in the IC and other Facebook groups, but a lot of people don't. Um, so it's, you know, it's, it's, it's really, really important. I think the other thing to say that it's kind of a tangent to that is that there's studies that say that, you know, whenever you write something in the written word and keep in mind that by and large, other than like podcasts and occasionally meeting up with people at a show or otherwise, all of the interaction that we do with one another is online mm-hmm. through the written word. But people say that everyone will read what you write more negatively than you intended it to be. Absolutely. Right. So when you know, when you're doing a deal with someone, you say, Hey, what's what's the price? Right? Someone's gonna read that, hey, what's the price? Not, hey, what's the price? Right. right? Someone's gonna be like, <laughs> What's the price? You oh you didn't say hello or you didn't say hey Mike what's going on? That's why hey, I overindulge in smiley faces. <laughs> that's that's exactly right. So the so the advice that I give is keep in mind that when you write something, people are going to read it more negatively than you intended. So the advice is, um, you know you don't have to overdo it, but try to be a little bit nicer in what you write, and it'll counteract that that inclination that folks have to read things more negatively than you intended it. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, that's kind of the way that I, I deal with things and, you know, certainly, in, and I'm sure you've had this too, by being an admin in, in some groups, I've had run-ins with folks. Um, and that's not fun, right? But 
you always got to kind of stand up for what you believe in. And, mm-hmm. and sometimes there's knuckleheads in there and you can write to them as nice as possible. It's still not going to work. Oh yeah. Right. But, but by and large, putting that stuff aside, if you're nice and respectful to people and, and are careful in, in what you write and how you write it, then people are going to embrace you and people are going to be your friend and people are going to help you out. And if you're looking for Boba Fett or you're looking for Han Solo's, they're going to tag you in threads and want to see you succeed. Yep. Right. Absolutely. I mean, um, so, you know, I think the, the, the Beatles said it, the love, love you take is equal to the love you make. Yeah. I, I do believe that. I do I believe that completely. And definitely, uh, in the collecting community, it, uh, I mean, if you ever want anything nice or you ever want anything that's really, really excessively difficult to get, um, and you're mean to people, you're never going to even see it. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> man. It is, dude. Because there's heart community. in this thing, man. I mean, you know, there's heart. There, absolutely, man. It's, it's like it's like anything else in life. You're not going to want to help out a jerk. Right. You know, no one wants to help out a jerk, but... Yeah. Um, and again, not saying that any of this is you should be nice to people so they give you things, right? That's not. Oh what no, 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 that's yeah, so, no, no, no. <laughs> well, I'm not looking. I said that too. I, yeah. I wasn't trying to blow blow you up for saying that. No, I, said I mean the same thing too. But, but it's, even it, if you don't look at it as giving you things, I mean, even giving you respect, the only way you're ever going to get it is if you're kind to people. That's right. If you go look, in there I, hard and mean, man, people are going to hate you. Look, you, you and I, you and I, when we first met each other, didn't get off on the right foot, and there was certain issues related to that. But w- what I did yeah, respect, we always, absolutely, is the way that you spoke with me was always in a respectful and, and pleasant manner. And even if we had differences, we were we were able to work through them now. And I count you among my friends for sure. Absolutely, one of my good friends in the hobby. Yeah. It's it's been a, a growing experience, absolutely. And uh, yes, man, and you never there's a difference. There's a difference between the person that says, Hey, I personally disagree with your reading of this situation because of this, this, and this. And there's a difference between the person that does that. And the person that goes, Hey, blank you, you blank and blank, blank, because blankety blank, blank, blank. Yeah. And no one's going to ever respond positively. (laughs) Name calling is never necessary. And, And frankly, I think anyone that used that kind of language or calls someone a name isn't articulate enough to to you know to to argue their position yeah right i agree I, so there's nothing wrong with debate there's nothing wrong with having differences of opinion but those should always be done respectfully and you know again i, th- I think if you if you're nice to one another and open yourself up you know you you allow yourself to to have a lot of really really great relationships within the hobby absolutely well, cool, brother. I appreciate you being on. At the very end, I say, is there anything you'd like to plug? I know uh, Collector's Archive <laughs> Services are, uh, obviously. Uh, the website is www.collectorarchive.com, right? Correct. Okay. Correct. And uh, find, us, find us on Facebook at Collector Archive. And uh, I also fart around on Instagram posting awesome pictures of all the wonderful submissions we got. And you can find us there at collectorarchiveservices.cas. I actually so. uh, check out your Instagram every night, and it's very, very cool, man. There's always Thanks, something cool man. on there. And I get no, to see things I would never, ever collect that aren't Star Wars. It's fun. I, I figured, <laughs> you know, that, that's another thing. It was just an interesting opportunity to, to share some cool pictures with people. And obviously, we want to show off our work and, and get people interested as well. So, you know, there's a, there's a method to the madness. Well, some of the things you guys are doing with acrylic is really, really crazy. Um, I really like it. 
So, oh man, you're you're on our your non-sonic welded bootlegs, man. That people just love those. So yeah. that's a great opportunity. So appreciate. Well, I got you. more of them coming to you, man. I got some pores here, yeah. and I I even got an Uze Adat Overstock, which would look really good in there. He's that's sweet. So, yeah. I'll send those to you. Actually, I'm gonna bring just, them down and drop the torso them off. Or uh, I got the torso the... and the legs and the arm on a sprue. Oh, cool! It's nice. That's awesome. <laughs> awesome. That's a cool piece. That's Thanks, a cool brother. piece. Yeah. But uh, I also, you know, I got that Uze Death Star droid, and I think I'm gonna have you guys do the exploded view on him, like you did with that Akbar, because it just it oh, looks nice. so cool, man. Nice. So yeah, I'll bring you more. Don't you worry. Um, I love what you guys are doing. I love that there's competition in this grading thing because that is the only thing that's gonna keep. Uh, keep it growing and keep it getting better. Um, I did notice what was happening because, see, I came into grading things later than most folks. Right, And right. Uh, when I started, it was like, all right, we do this, this, and this, but I'm sorry, not any of this. And, I mean, no matter what you beg and no matter what kind of money you're willing to throw at it, I mean, well, for example, <laughs> I've been trying to get an Imperial shuttle graded for a long, long time. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, this is what I, I'll tell the folks. Um, I've been trying. I've tried everything. I have bought pizzas. I have drawn pictures of Imperial shuttles on pizzas. I have offered money. <laughs> I have begged. I have pleaded. I have written emails. I have written actual real letters. And uh, I have been told no every single time. Uh, until... You wrote a real letter. Oh, yeah, dude. That's like amazing. a legit letter with a stamp. And, uh, <laughs> did you address it? Dear, dear Santa, <laughs> dear, dear Marcy. Um, <laughs> but, uh, so I keep getting told no. And then this little, little company comes out and, uh, they're the collector's archive. And I call them up and I say, Hey, listen, man, I really want to shuttle. Uh, I want you to do it loose for yes. me. And, and yes. no problem. Yes. No problem at all. I, I, dude, it's going to be tough. It's going to be a lot of acrylic. No problem. Just no problem. Send it. And for I you guys like to do that, me. man, for, we'll raise your mother-in-law, brother. Dude, for a person like me, man, I am... Because I have weird stuff. Weird stuff is what I love in this hobby. I love finding something that other people don't see. And mm -hmm. in order to get that kind of stuff done, you got to have somebody that's willing to work with you. And that's the wonderful thing. So I hope that the one thing that you guys will always hold on to is you hear the people. Mm -hmm. You hear the people. I didn't even have to beg. Nope. I didn't even have to spend 49 cents on a stamp. <laughs> well, again, <laughs> well, again, man, you know, like I said, we're, I think what separates us from, from the other folks out there is that we're collectors, right? Yep. We're, we've, we're accompanied by collectors for collectors. We, we know what collectors want and, you know, know what collectors feel because that's what we are. And I know how I want to be treated and I'm, that's how we treat everyone else. It's, I mean, it's the golden rule. It, this is not, this is not a complicated thing. It's pretty simple, right? Just yeah. treat others how you want to be treated. It that's ain't perfect. that hard. I hear it you. Ain't that hard. Well, I'll tell you, brother, that's uh, that's a perfect spot to end it because that's also what uh, this podcast is about. I see Star Wars as a podcast by collectors for collectors. And yep. Uh, yep. all it is is it's to get a couple of nerds on the phone, and that's that's what made me want to do it, man. Besides the other podcast, which was my first foray into podcasting at all because I'm not a podcast person. I just don't have the you abilities. I, I know I am, right? Crazy. But uh, the reason why I kept doing it is because I have these phone calls with collectors. We've talked to each other on the phone much times, but yep. uh, why not just record them? Because it's amazing the kind of stuff that comes out. And we just had a phone conversation. That's all this was. 
So I encourage anybody, start your own podcast. Give it a shot. Talk to your friends and record it. There's always somebody out there that wants to learn something. And shoot, if you hear a good idea from me, go ahead and run with it. Because anything that grows this community, I'm happy about. So thanks a ton, man. I appreciate you being on so much, Ross. And uh, thanks for going into the graded stuff. And this is Ross Barr. You can find him on the IC. You can find him on Facebook. Reach out to him. He's very nice. If you have any questions about grading, I'm sure he'll help you. And uh, thanks a lot for being on, brother. I appreciate it. Really, Mike, it was it was a, a, a real great pleasure and treat to be on, man. I had, and you're totally right. It was just I didn't feel like this is an interview. It was a fun conversation with a couple collecting nerds just hanging out and talking <laughs> grading and talking toys and talking spinoff movies and all the cool stuff we and did. And talking so. about how my focus would beat up your focus any day of the week. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's hey, right. Hey, man, I got rockets. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, man this is this is a lot of fun i really i really do appreciate it well, so appreciate thanks for the opportunity too, you guys gonna be up in uh chicago kane county we're gonna ha- we're gonna have someone out there it's not gonna be todd or me we're, we're kind of rolling out a, a new marketing campaign which i'm gonna i'm gonna roll it out at some point but we're gonna have someone there representing us cool well i'll be up there i uh i got well, the itch because okay. i well i haven't found a rocket fat in. i don't yeah. know what i'm gonna do so i got money burning all in my pocket so i figure i'm gonna walk around and Pointed at people and say, "Do you have a rocket fit? Do you have a rocket fit?" <laughs> you're just gonna be you're gonna be running the country like Forrest Gump looking for a rocket fit. I'm ready, brother. I mean, have money, we'll travel. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be. I, I think. I actually think the internet's gonna explode when you get a, a rocket fat. I'm think. looking forward to it, brother. <laughs> it might be the, the the Facebook post I'm most looking forward to. Just... Ah, dude, when I go live and shoot the rocket, and half of the community craps their pants, and the other half of the community is really excited. <laughs> I'm gonna be I'm gonna be I'm gonna be in the excited camp, man. Good, brother. I will be too until it falls down one of the vents. <laughs> it, would be pretty, it would be pretty funny if it got broken when you're doing I mean, I know, it would be horrible. I don't, oh, I don't even say it. <laughs> I don't wish that for you. I don't wish that for you. All course. right. So keep your fingers that crossed be, for an L slot, brother. It would be brother. pretty funny. Be like Star Wars collecting bloopers, right? <laughs> Brumbles in my hands. <laughs> uh, well, awesome, brother. It was a pleasure. I will talk to you later. And thank you very much for being on IC Star Wars. Thanks, Mike. So be it. Well, that's it. I hope you enjoyed this sixth episode of I See Star Wars, a podcast about vintage Star Wars collectibles. If you want to join the IC, uh, join up at www.facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash the Imperial Commissary. You could also check us out and all our subgroups at www.imperialcommissary.com. Also check us out on Instagram, the Imperial Commissary, and on Twitter, ICSW Podcast. Also, don't forget, we're going to be having the uh, IC Meetup in Kane County, the Chicago Meetup, the Kane County Impromptu IC Meetup on October 21st. It's going to be at the Tap House Grill in St. Charles, 3341 West Main Street, St. Charles, Illinois. I hope to see you guys there. It'll be kicking off at 5 o'clock, and uh, we don't really have an end time, so we'll see how that works out. Uh, Once again, thank you very much for listening to IC Star Wars. Thank you very much for being part of the IC, and thank you for sharing whatever you can share and helping however you can help to grow this community that we love. Thank you for listening to IC Star Wars, a podcast for collectors by collectors.